Hey, what up, everybody? What's going on? What was that? The cheers for the it's just, I always back up the cheers after the IMITA cheers. It gets me stoked. I'm like, yeah, woo. Do you always do that? All I right. notice. <laughs> Not always, but sometimes I do it. A little too frequently, but I haven't noticed. Everyone, welcome. Welcome. Uh, good to see you, Austin. Good to see you, Billy. We're back We're at here, it again. Uh, back at it again. Episode 125. 125. It's a cool number. When I was a kid, that's how much a slice of pizza used to be. Dollar Buck twenty-five. And, and, Buck and a quarter. ice cream cones from the Lickety Split. I was just talking about that the other day. That's it. But we're here. <laughs> Episode 125. We have a very special guest today. I'm super excited to talk to this guy. He's a huge YouTuber, musician, rollerblader. Just so many cool things to get into with this guy. Um, so yeah, stoked to get into it with him and get into all that. But before we do, as usual, I got to do my little spiel. So please, if you don't already do so, please follow us on our social media platforms. Please go to our Facebook, give us a like. If you like what you're listening to, go to our YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. So when we have an episode like this, you can join us and watch it live with us. We also have, uh, oh, if you want to comment too, by the way, share the video. That's super helpful. Everything helps in that way. Uh, helps with the algorithm and all that stuff. We also have an iTunes. So with our iTunes, if you like what you're hearing, you can give us a five-star rating. You can give us a review. And that's very helpful for us. It helps boost the podcast, get us in the front there. So it suggests it so people can check it out. So that's really cool and helpful. And we also have a Patreon. You can be a Patreon for as little as $3 a month. And when you become a Patreon, you get exclusive content. We have Inside Outs. That's what we call our trick tips. We have uh, three pieces, which are tricks, like one, two, three tricks out of someone. We have section commentary. And once you become a Patreon, you are automatically entered into win something from our online store every month. It could be a hat. It could be a mug. And we are going to add some new stuff to our online store very soon. Ooh. So that is my spiel for today for episode 125. And thank you for listening. Ooh, we already got the leak for the new merch coming out. Ooh. But let me give a, a, sh a shout out to our new our two new Patreon supporters this week. We have Kenneth Pogue. I hope I said your name, Ken. If not, um, you could slap me in the face next time I see you. And Alessandro Seven. Severini. So thank you both for supporting uh, our Patreon. And like Billy just said, we have our monthly supporter giveaway. It's time for that now. So here we are. We have all 325 of you in here, all 325 of our Patreon supporters. Someone's going to win one thing from our online store, and it's Ryan Reeves. Congratulations, Ryan. You get to win a hat, a shirt, a mug, whichever you like. Thank you for supporting our show. And we just like to give back to the people who support us. So thank you all very much. Um, last week, uh, we had a great episode. Oh, it wasn't last week. It was actually a couple of weeks ago with uh, Fallon Heffernan, uh, Giambo. Uh, her new name is actually Fallon Giambo, but she formerly went as Fallon Heffernan and had a huge career in blading. So much history, over a decade of competing and just amazing stuff. So you should check that episode if you haven't already. But we go to our YouTube and we take our favorite comments. And our favorite comment on our YouTube from that episode is from Green Room Review. And Green Room Review says, man, you can feel her passion. Heck, I was at Kona Skate Park in 1999 and 2000. Tyler Shields taught me how to do a backflip on vert with the lights off. Because <laughs> she, she is 100% correct. We used to stay out until the lights went out. Fallon would be working all day on her Hollywood porn star. And I wish they did a video on Jacksonville. The skaters were some of the best I've ever seen. So that's a pretty cool comment going into the past of some Jacksonville skating that Fallon was touching on in episode 124. So uh, very cool. I don't want to do a backflip with the lights on, let alone with the lights off. 
<laughs> no, no. On a, on a vert, on a tra- too. On a trampoline, maybe. We can get into it on a trampoline, but... That Kona vert is serious also. It's a cement vert, which is... Right. You don't want to fall on a vert, let alone a cement vert. That'll get you on a, on a backflip. Oof. Uh, yeah, like Billy said, check out episode 124 with Fallon if you haven't seen it already. And I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for this episode, Blank. Everybody check out the new Sean Keen Pro Model Blank Skate. I've been riding on it for a while as well. And uh, I love the skates. It's great skates. Everyone should definitely check them out. Blank rolling products. And have you also seen that new Sven Bokerist? Those Sven Bokerist sections, the, the 14 by 41. He just put out three new edits, a full street edit, a full park edit, and a full vert edit. All of them, he destroys everything. This man is 41 and still killing it just as much as all the young guys out there. Uh, Blank Rider, Yeah, Blank Rider himself, to be able to be as dynamic as he is to put out a full vert, a full park, and a full street section and kill it in all of them is, is insane. Um, it was for his uh, nonprofit organization that he's a part of, to help teach kids at this actual Area 51 skate park. This is the remodel of the skate park that Winter Clash is at every year. So I guess him and a couple other people are teaching kids there how to skate. And if you donate to the 14 by 41 uh, nonprofit, it'll go towards funding them teaching kids how to skate at Area 51 skate park in the Netherlands. Um, so check that out as well. Um, Blank, thank you for sponsoring this episode. Check out that new Sean King Pro model skate. We, Very cool. Always, always love to watch Sven skating, and yeah, his his last and latest stuff is just unbelievable. He's getting better and better, know. better and better every single time. And it's incredible. Speaking of incredible skating, we have a WTF for the week, as oh. usual. And if anybody recalls, a few weeks ago, or maybe a couple months by now, we had Jimmy the Giant on our show, and he was initially a free runner from his YouTube channel and stuff, and he was asking if anyone has ever done a double Kong on skates yet and at that moment i pretty sure the answer was no but now it's a yes we got sean reinhardt here with a double kong on skates which if anybody out there doesn't know anything about parkour or free running double kong is how do you explain that like a horizontal handstand <laughs> it's like a superman like push-up yes yeah, jump to that's another Superman push-up jump <laughs> i don't know i don't know if that's the best way to explain it with a gap what in the middle think- what do you, what would you call that? Uh, if you don't call it a, yeah, what's what's the what's the original name for it? I'm sorry. Uh, it's Kong, I guess, but this is a double Kong. Kong, Kong yeah. Okay. I think yeah. so. How I'm would you describe sure. what a Kong is? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. We we've had um, Damon Franklin do one, I think, on the show. He did like a 360 Kong at Woodward. This is on street. Yeah. This is a double Kong. Looks like it hurts your wrists. <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know. But big shout He's out. Probably- to, uh, He's probably keeping his wrist strong if he's doing that. He's probably on the pull-up bar doing all kinds of all the parkour weights, stuff, getting his stuff together. Yeah, yeah, I that's mean, sh- cool. Shout out to Sean. That's awesome. That might be uh, an MBD in skating. So big shout out to him. We like featuring those on the show. Uh, moving on, we have if you're going to be in the New York area in the next week. Where's my? Here we go. If you're going to be in New York area in the next week. Ghetto Community is holding a Donate and Skate next Saturday, April 23rd from 12 to 7 p.m. at Playground 134 in the Bronx. Um, There's a Donate and Skate. Bring your old gear to donate. He's going to donate it to uh, Ghetto Community. is going to donate to skaters in need in the area as well as the Dominican Republic. Uh, There's a Best Trick Contest. There's a a Ghetto Community pop-up as well. Should be a good time. Everybody, if you're in the New York City area, come out, support, hang out, have a good time. 
should be a lot of fun. Shout out to Ghetto wow, Community. Awesome. Yeah, you got a shout out to Jordan as always. Ghetto Community is always doing things for the city. So huge shout out to Jordan. Yeah. Check it's, that out if you're in town. Yeah, he does that at least once a year to uh, donate and skate too, donating stuff to uh, uh, DR and such. So pretty cool that he does that. Um, yeah, we have cool. a huge announcement to make on this show right now. Can we shut down the podcast already? I mean, we're only a few minutes shut in. It I think we shut, it shut it down. Shut it down. We got to shut it down. We have a huge announcement to make here. We are proud to announce that we are about to launch right now on the show Rollerblading's first supplement brand. So we have Jump Supplements, and it's a full line of supplements that every skater can benefit from. We have part of the line is a full spectrum hemp extract CBD oil. We have an ultra joint flex supplement to promote joint health and maintain mobility. We have a multivitamin with energizing B vitamins, immunity support, and antioxidant formula. We have platinum turmeric to support joint and muscle health. And finally, we have the krill oil to support joint, brain, and heart health. Uh, we're super excited. This has been months and months in the works. We're finally happy to announce this. We are having a launch promotion. Uh, if you buy individual bottles, 10% off all orders with code 10OFF. We also have bundles. If you want to get more than one bottle, you can save up to 30% by doing that. We have free domestic shipping in the United States. As far as internationally, we ship to the UK, Canada, Australia, and Italy. Check out jumpsubs.com. That's J-U-M-P-S-U-P-P-S.com. Get your body feeling right. Link in the description below. We feel like these are all supplements that will help skaters, especially people in our age, keep skating as long as possible. So we're very wow, excited. I, I got to I gotta say, that was a great job. You did a great pitch there. That was clear. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I would, if I could just add to that, like, uh, you know, turmeric's been a big part of my life for a long time. So having turmeric and like adding these other things in like the joint flex and the uh, CBD oil and things like that, it's helpful. You know, you're mm -hmm. just skating, you get older, you got to like put some some oil on the joints. So it's cool. It's everything that everybody should benefit on. You know, I've, I've been taking yeah. vitamins for years now, and I'm so happy that we have our own line to put out for this. And it's super exciting. Everybody, please check it out. Jumpsubs.com. Lots of discounts going on right now for our launch promotional program. J-U-M-P-S-U-P-P-S.com. If you're watching YouTube, check out the link in the description. Jumpsubs. Jumpsubs. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and that being said, I believe we are ready for our guest. Is that correct? Are we Super good? ready. Very ready. Ooh. Yeah. Everybody, please give Pumped. it up for our very special guest today, Mr. Rob Scallon. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> hey. <laughs> you guys, thanks so much for having me on here. This is really, really cool for me. Thanks. It's really, really cool to be here. Yeah. We're super oh, no, excited like, to have you on. This is yeah. awesome. Am I too close yeah. to the camera? I mean, you could back up a little bit, maybe. I think you're good. <laughs> I, I think you're okay. It's just like a face, like a Goomba from like Mario, like just yeah, like yeah, the face in the box. <laughs> there you go. That's good. Get the guitar in yeah. there, maybe. Yeah, get the guitar in there. <laughs> we all got yeah, our guitars go. in there. Guitar. <laughs> there you go. Um, cool. Well, welcome to the show, man. Really stoked to have you on. Um, it's been cool to, to learn about you and discover like a lot of your stuff just recently and yeah. see like a lot of the cool things you've done, like everything from, uh, just like the music videos, like all the creative different instruments and like doing like really popular songs on like different unique instruments and just all these different things and interacting with Braille and skating with Jaws and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but um, I, I don't know too much about your background in skating. I've only just like started to discover that. So I'm curious, like, you know, where, where does this start? I, I, I know you're from Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, I'm not sure if you're, you're Chicago. Okay. So I'm curious to know uh, how, how you got started in the, in the rollerblade world. Uh, yeah, well, I've been, I've been rollerblading for a very long time. Um, I've been rollerblading my whole life. I, I started when I was seven. I'm 31 now. So that was 1997 um, and been skating ever since. Just wow. became completely obsessed with it. Yeah, so I, I, found, I found rollerblading at seven and then shortly after that found filming videos through skating. And then shortly after that, I found music and have pretty much been doing those three things for my entire life. Uh, but yeah, skating has always been a huge part of my life. It's never been a huge part of what I've been doing online until pretty recently. Um, which has been a really, really cool change. And that was more um, like around 2020, just deciding I wanted to have a little bit more fun and scare and uh, share skating a little bit, um, especially with how Instagram had changed. But um, yeah, I've been a musician YouTuber since the really early days of YouTube. So that, that's where like the audience comes from. Um, and then it's it's been fun to just like throw rollerblading in front of them. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's like, it, it's cool to see that because, you know, I think a lot of the times when you're, you're like uh, succeeding in other areas, uh, at least in the past, it could have been like maybe something you, you wouldn't be inclined to want to bring up like rollerblading, especially if you're surrounded by maybe certain groups of people, they could have like a negative view on it. So oh, no, I've maybe, never been worried about that. No, no, no. I've, yeah. I've always been extraordinarily proud to be a rollerblader. It's more just like a, you know, I, it's not that I wouldn't share it because it's like I was trying to hide it or something. It's just like the YouTube videos are all about music. So it just doesn't really make sense mm. for me to throw it in. I found a few places here and there um, where I could sneak in rollerblading. Like I, I did a video where it was called seven string plus loop pedal, where I had to do this whole performance, a one shot performance with the loop pedal. And then completely out of nowhere, I stand up and then me and my friends do a whole routine on a half pipe hmm. and to just, and that's like, was my way to put in rollerblading. But, but now with just the way Instagram has changed, it's a lot easier. It's like, you can just post a clip there and it totally makes sense. But up until that change in both Instagram and how I'm, you know, using social media, it just didn't, I, if I was going to put rollerblading into it, it would be, it would just be forced. Um, but now it's just really easy to post clips on Instagram. But, but yeah, anyway, back, back to just my history with rollerblading, I guess. I've just been doing it a really, really long time, but mainly staying around uh, just like the Chicago scene. Um, shout out to Chicago. Love all you. Um, and I, I've worked at a YMCA for the longest time. I was competing like kind of heavy for a little while there. And then just kind of, I don't know, just skating with my friends really. Um and and yeah, it's only up until recently where I started posting online, um, and that's just through through Instagram. But yeah, I have a whole I mean, a quarter century history of rollerblading nonstop. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's wild. That's with yeah. So I think it's something where I've, I've been part of the community locally, but it wasn't something that I was really doing online up until recently because my my all of my online presence is just all about all about my music career, and so there's not. There's, there wasn't a lot of ways to shoehorn rollerblading into that 
Um, but definitely not because I wasn't very proud of it, just because it's like, it's yeah. hard to make a music video with an original song and then also like, maybe I could do like mid-roll ads, like how YouTubers do. Be like, all right, let's take the time to, to uh, talk about our sponsor, me doing this killer kind grind, you know? You should like, do that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to throw it in and joke around and be funny with it. Because I'd be curious, like I know your your fans appreciate that you skate too. Like I, I read the comments and, and people love that you skate. They were super supportive. And I mean, as they should be, they are your fans and yeah. everything. I like how your, you, yeah, your YouTube is like sandwiched by skating because you just said you started posting more recently. But if you go to the beginning of your YouTube videos, almost all of them were skating like super yeah. long ago. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that was before YouTube like was truly a job. And so it was just like a place to put videos I wanted to make. But yeah, so the early one, like the one day of skating, I guess you went to, you know, YouTube and went to oldest videos. Yeah, yep. those one day of skatings are on there. Um, but yeah, YouTube became a job like kind of shortly after that. So it wasn't really, I, I had to find other places for, for the videos um, that I was doing with rollerblading. And that was like fruitboot.com. If you're around Chicago, that was like the Chicago forums. And uh, yeah, just, I was in a part of it part of that community through like competitions and stuff and mostly just the skate park that I taught skate camp at. Um, but, but yeah, now, now because Instagram, particularly Instagram reels and, um, and a, a big reason why I'm able to post skating now more too, is that I have in the last few years, I've built up a lot more of a team around me. So like I, I have a team of people of really, really talented people that help me make YouTube videos and help me run everything. And, and my friend Sophie runs a small business where, she helps creators out with their social media. So I have a social media person. She also works for Andrew Wong. Um, if anyone is familiar with Andrew Wong, one of the best uh, musicians on the internet, but uh, he's a good friend of mine. And so having her, we, I just sent her any clips that I have music or otherwise. And then she takes the YouTube videos and changes them up. So she makes sure that we're posting on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, um, I, am I forgetting any there? <laughs> I don't know. Like every single Facebook. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are posting on Facebook as well. Um, they, they recently started monetizing videos, so we started posting like really old music videos there. Um, but having Sophie is another big reason because now I can just send clips her way, and then it's just integrated with all the other stuff. And, and it's it's really really cool to be posting rollerblading clips there. Like it's it's maybe. And, and with her, another thing, like as a creator, all my all my time is nearly all of my time work wise is focused on making YouTube videos and music. And I we meet once every week for a half hour and then she shows me the whole week on everything and I just go through and, and check it. So I only need to think about social media for a half hour every week. And the posting the rollerblading clips is I would say my second favorite part about social media. My first favorite part is, is post um, posting like if someone does a really interesting cover of one of my songs. That's my favorite part of Instagram. But past that, it's definitely posting rollerblading clips. Sick. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Otherwise, the constant like Instagram grind of needing to post every day is just like uh, can be yeah. a little soul sucking if you're doing it on your own. But thankfully, because I have Sophie, she does an incredible job. Um, so, so that's a big reason why I started posting too, is just, I have someone running the social media account so I can focus on other stuff. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Social media is a full-time job, easily a full-time job, especially when oh, yeah. it's your, it is your actual job alone. <laughs> like it, it is a yeah. full-time job. Oh, totally. And, and like, especially when you're a YouTube creator, like I, I think a lot of, a lot of YouTube creators make the mistake of falling into the trap where like they want to. 
they, they need to continue. Like we call it the content treadmill. Like you always need to be posting on everything all the time. And if you're trying to do that with every single social media at once, and you're just like a one person team, you end up just like getting burnt out so quickly and like turning your life into the Truman show. And it's just, it, it can burn you out so, so quickly. So, um, mm -hmm. so Sophie is, is amazing. And yeah, her full-time job is she has three clients, like just running social media for three people is her full-time job and it's worth every penny on our side. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. No, that's like, that's such a full-time, like even like, even just like having like a couple separate Instagrams now, like for myself, it's just like so hard to keep up on everything. I'm spending like so much time, like it gets in the way of like personal interactions, like interactions that you're having with your friends, your, you know, your partner. So it's, um, yeah, that's uh, having someone like have that be their full-time job and have three, three almost seems like too much. Like two's a yes, lot, like you know, threes. Yeah. It's a lot of work, especially like I'm sure like these huge accounts that's like interacting with all these people on a regular basis and having it to keep moving. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, wild. Interacting in there is me. Like, if you see me commenting on Instagram, that is me. But yeah. with Sophie, like, I don't need to worry about what we're posting. And I don't need to be on there. I only need to think about social media for a half hour every week. And that, that yeah. allows yeah. me to just focus on, you know, making music and YouTube videos and still getting to the skate park on a regular basis. That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, you okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want to dig a bit more into that. But I kind of want to take it back. So skating at 7, yeah. you're in Chicago. You get into music uh, at some point after that, so you're splitting your time between music and, and skating. I'm curious, because this happens for a lot of skaters, either they like get introduced to music through skating somehow, or they like get like did play music and then they skate and meet people who play music and they get back into music somehow. Did you have any of those experiences? I mean, there's a huge overlap. Like the skating, the, the people you meet through skating, like video and music, are just like so intertwined with skating. Like a lot of the people that I filmed with, I met through skating. Like I started making videos because of skating and then music as well. Like th there's a, just a ton of overlap. Like there's most people at the skate park or not most, but a lot of people at the skate park play guitar. But in, in my case, it's just always been, there's been a bit of a change in priority. Like when I was in high school, I would say that skating was maybe equal a priority and I was like trying to compete uh, quite a bit and th this sounds a bit weird now because it's been so long but in 2011 I won Windy City Riots Park competition oh shit and, and I, yeah and that was like oh that was like <clears throat> the biggest thing I, after I did that I felt like okay this is I've done I've gotten to a point in skating that I feel like I could stop now um, not that I would want to, but like I could focus on music a little bit more after that happened um, and then move on. So in high school uh, around that time and when it was it was my job, I was working at a YMCA teaching skate camp. Then it was maybe 50-50 between skating and music. And then it went to all music when I went, you know, full time and then kind of got away from skating a little bit. But by that, I mean, instead of skating as a job. And skating five days a week, it went from skating to like one day a week. And then a few years after that, I realized I need to make skating a priority because it's the fucking best. So um, then got back into it. And now with uh, like Instagram, Instagram reels, particularly like Instagram reels being monetized, like it's e even easier to like make time for skating because it's like kind of part of the job. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. you know. Good excuse. But, yeah. Like now yeah. That, that Instagram is monetizable, like it, it allows me to skate even more because there's that like weird 
lack of uh, cognitive dissonance where I'm like, well, I kind of am working because the reels are like, actually paying now. So I, I guess I should get to the skate park. Like that's my way around making sure I skate more often. I don't know. That's, I'm I mean, sorry. No, no, I mean, that's sick. Like, so like, you know, little you can look back, you can look back at little you and say, oh, I'm getting paid to skate, like in some way, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it does feel cool. Though I definitely, yeah. you know, it's, the audience is definitely not there because of my skating, you know, but it does feel like, uh, it, it does feel extremely rewarding after this long to be making some money from skating. Um, yeah. So that is pretty cool. So, so to go back, sorry, I'm on a whole other tangent. You get me started. No, no, no. Can that's cool, man. Like, did... music, I can talk forever or rollerblading. And now you're hitting me with both. both. And I <laughs> um, no, but... no, it's cool. Like there's no, there's no boundaries, man. Color outside the lines. We're just, we're just chatting here. I'm just trying to like, you know, pick away at it. But, um, yeah. yeah so, so... Like, sorry. Skating sorry. Is sorry. Skating is more of a focus now because I have a team that can help me run um, you know, the YouTube channel and it allows me for a bit more free time, which I'm now like totally filling with skating. So, so it's been, it's been a bit of a shift where it was like 50, 50 and then like pretty overwhelmingly music. And now I'm at a point in my music career where I can hire a team and, and skate more often. So now it's, it's much bigger part of my life, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Um, so yeah, just say, listening to you go through your natural progression. So you're going 50, 50 through skating. You won the competition um, and you're like, okay, cool. I can focus on music a bit. Was this when like you started getting into making a YouTube channel? Cause I was looking at your old stuff and you started like, I don't know, like, a lot, like 14 years ago, something like this. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I started really, really early on when like it almost no one knew that people were doing it as a job. And it seemed like this, like, being a part of YouTube and a part of that original uh, group of YouTubers that were really passionate about it and wanted to turn it into a job and, and really felt like there was something cool there. Uh, it, we felt like this, this weird corner of the internet of misfits. Um, like you like you pointed out uh, Patreon recently too. Like my friend Jack, who I met in the early days, like he made Patreon. Like those, that was the early days of YouTube. Mm -hmm. that, and a lot of other creators and we were just a bunch of people that were like super mega like in a in a regular the um average person's view of it we were just super mega geeks who were spending way too much time on youtube and it was never going to go anywhere and that was kind of the area uh, or the era of youtube uh, when i started and i i in the early days like in 2008 I, I decided YouTube is going to be my job. I'm going to, I want to be a musician and I'm going to have YouTube be my priority. And I just never, it just took me many years to actually get to that point. Um, but I was, I was totally committed to it at that time. But at the, then my regular job was skating, which was the best working at the skate park was like the best possible job for me as a teenager. And, um, and then I, uh, I, I just didn't get to a point where I could do it full time. In, until quite a few years later, I went. I quit my day job in 2013, so it was like six, seven years in to being on YouTube. But I, I wanted it. I just didn't. Uh, I, I didn't get to that point for for many years. Yeah, hmm. your full time job was skating, though. Is that what you're saying at the YMCA for teaching? So that wasn't my full time job. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, lots of jobs. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I had it as a job, but it was like only summers, and you know, it was minimum wage. So it's like. Right. It's not you know, a perfect job when you're 20, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I got to go in and 
clock in, skate all day, and then clock out. Uh, it, it was an amazing job. But what was paying the bills at the time, I was a wedding videographer for a while. Um, I had a, quite a few like odd jobs. I taught guitar for a bit. I was a guitar teacher. And my, but my main job though was I worked at a library and I put in my two weeks to the library in 2013 when, when it got to a point where the YouTube channel was making about as much as my library job was. And so I decided just to go for it there. But I, if I, if I could have went full time in 2009, I definitely would have, but I didn't make it to that until, until way later. A library job sounds like the complete opposite of everything else that you do. Like your passion is rollerblading. <laughs> Usually rollerbladers are like kind of wild people, like not super quiet, like library types. And then you have heavy metal musician, YouTuber, and then you like at a library. Like that's a weird balance right there. It, yeah, it is a little bit weird job, but I'm a pretty quiet guy. Like I, uh, uh, so I'm definitely not the typical like, like what people think of as a musician, like really extroverted, like loves being on stage. Like I'm a pretty quiet dude that likes to make videos with my friends and then they can, then they can be edited and then they can be seen by people. Um, but the library job actually was sort of like that. So the library that I worked at, uh, was just making like a small recording studio and they would have classes about video editing, um, and, uh, photo editing, other creative things. And, and that's why I was hired there. Though the majority of my time was helping people with like Yahoo Mail, for example. <laughs> um, <laughs> so some of it was like I taught a video editing class and I helped a few people, you know, figure out how to record music in our little studio. But yeah, overwhelmingly it was Yahoo Mail. <laughs> I didn't know that you could do that type of stuff at a, a library, like yeah, teach yeah. classes and stuff. That, that's interesting. New, new era of libraries. Now people oh, don't go there to read books anymore. Everything's online. <laughs> yeah, but the, the tech classes we had, like, I didn't teach like the Excel class, for example, but we every time we would post an Excel class, it would sell out immediately. Like there's there was so much uh, there was so much demand to learn those skills. So that was that was the department I was in. I was in digital services. So I wasn't uh, I, I wasn't like organizing books or anything like that. Right. Uh, but it was still a quiet job. Yeah. Yeah, it still change of pace from being on stage as a, a heavy metal musician or something like that. It's still definitely a change of pace. You yeah, work very, very different. You work quietly during the week, and on Friday nights you go out and you rage. It works out perfectly. <laughs> well, it was more. I remember my my um, my my routine at that time that I was in the library was I would get up early and I worked nights at the library, so I would get up early and just do whatever work I needed to do for the next YouTube video or album, like get up early, get in my little studio, record music or edit the last video, whatever it was, in, until I had my shit at the library. I'd leave at three and then I would work until like 10. And that was my that was my routine for a little while. Um, it was, yeah, pretty tough. Uh, and then I think I did that for two, three years, maybe. I don't remember how long I was at the library, but the library was my last like real job. And I've been a full-time musician and YouTuber since then. And now, um, have a skater because Instagram reels pay. I don't know. <laughs> that's good. Oh yeah, it's true. Is everyone a professional skater now that we're like people are getting paid from Instagram I mean, reels and stuff like that? I, Fuck it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Everyone should <laughs> edit to their Instagram bio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> professional. I got paid yeah. from Instagram. I'm professional rollerblader. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that Instagram reels are paying now. I think it's perfect for skaters. Yeah, it is. Like that's yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's like skaters main platform and instagram should be paying their creators they're just finally getting there because they're having so much uh 
TikTok is eating their lunch and they need to compete, so they need to finally pay people. But mm-hmm. I think now that Instagram reels are paying, I think that's a really, really good thing um, for just creators in general, but especially skaters, because I think Instagram is like pretty clearly the main platform for skating content. And uh, it's nice to see skaters getting paid. Like when I was hanging out with um, the Braille guys, some of them are making pretty good money just on Instagram reels and just posting skate clips, which is like really feels good, you know? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, to see like anyone like making it do what they love to do in that way, like in having it be supported on like on social media, that's like yeah, that's really sick and cool to see. It's it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I want to get into the Braille stuff with you a quick. I wanna if you don't mind, I know we have a blading podcast, we talk about blading, but I wanna ask a couple of music questions. Sure. Because yeah. I I I've watched your your channel and you play so many different instruments. It's like how do you play all these instruments so well? But um what was the first this might be a common knowledge to like some of your music audience, but what was like the first instrument you started with and how did you uh progress into all these other instruments? Did it just like work? Did it just click? How did, how did that go? I think I'm just like similarly obsessed with music as I am with skating. Um, I started with drums. That was the first instrument that I that I got and tried, and uh, it just seemed like I, I think my my mom in particular just saw that I was somewhat of a high, I'm kind of a fidgety kid, I guess. And if there's an instrument in my hand, that fidgetiness is is uh, a lot more tolerable. So, well, I guess if, maybe not with drums, especially if you're practicing them. But that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I started with drums. But the first instrument that that really sold me on being a musician was bass. I saw slap bass in particular. I saw Les Claypool play slap bass, and I just it just blew my mind. Um, everything about um, I've told this story you know so many times, but I, I saw their uh, I got their DVD Animals I Try to Act Like People. And like Herb, Les, and Lur were playing these instruments, drums, guitar, and bass in ways that I'd never seen before. And I needed to get a bass, saved up money, um, got, got a four string, and, and bass was the first one that I really got obsessed with. And then, then later I moved to guitar and felt like I had more opportunity to write songs and started writing songs on there. And, and since then, it's just like, I don't know, I'm just, just really fascinated with with instruments and also a weird quirk of my job as well is if I get a new interesting instrument, that's a lot of, that's new excitement and new videos that I can potentially make. And so now after doing it for so long, I've just played so many of them. And uh, I don't know, for me, it doesn't seem like, you know, the only instruments that I would consider being, you know, a professional at, or, you know, maybe guitar, for sure. And then everything else, I can just pick up some basics, you know, and I, I kind of just see them all as you're flexing the same musical muscles, or in a lot of cases, you're flexing the same physical muscles. And I don't really see, you know, there's only there's only 12 notes. And especially if you have a string instrument, you know, like, like the, the, the physics of the string doesn't change when you go from guitar to banjo, you know, like if you if you pluck a string, you're going to get a note. And then if you pluck a string, exactly in the middle of it you're gonna get an octave and that's just true everywhere so i don't really see them being i'm not an expert at anything other than the guitar but i can transfer a lot of those same skills over to other instruments because i don't really see them as being that different it's all it's major scale is the same seven notes you know like it's Mm -hmm. 
you can move that to any instrument. Makes so sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, the last episode we did, I kind of touched on a coincidence, just touching on like the correlation between music and skating because, uh, well, Fallon asked like, like our interests and hobbies and stuff like that. And they're both my interests as well. Drumming and skating are two of my main interests. Yeah. And I was saying how I loved that they're both hobbies where you could constantly excel in. There's no end to it. You will never learn every single song, every genre of music. You will never get every trick down on every skate obstacle ever. And it's, it's very suiting for people who like skating to like music. So it, it fits very well. And I like the, the relations you're making too. when you're, you're saying these things about notes, I'm picturing it as skating too. It's like, like you could learn a soul grind, but like you learn it on the ledge and then you learn it on a rail, then you learn it on a down ledge, you know, it's like the same translation, same language kind of. Yeah. Like there's more, there's more similarities between those jumps than there are differences. You know, if you go from banjo to guitar or go from coping to a ledge, you know, there's still that soul grind is, is intact. And, and on that same thing that you were saying too, I think both of these, both of these hobbies are extremely creative and something I really love about them both is that there's this physical challenge to it. Like there's a, even with guitar, like you can learn a new trick, you know, and that unlocks a new sound that you can use in your music. And skating is like all about, like I, I see a lot of similarities in, in them. Um, they're, they're both extremely, like learning a new motor skill is just extremely, uh, it's just extremely fulfilling. And skating and guitar allows you to do skating or just playing an instrument allows you to be able to do that and learn new motor skills for lack of a better word. And they just come out with different outcomes almost like one you get music and the other, you get this like huge thrill of like grinding a handrail or whatever. Um, they're, they're both things that I, that I really, really love. And I see a lot of similarities in them, or at least the, the value that I get from them both is, is fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a that's a cool way to put it about uh, just like learning a new motor skill because yeah, you can apply that in so many different areas and yeah. like in skating, like when you unlock like a certain thing, you're like, Oh, this is going to open the door for this, yeah. this and that. And like the same, like if you learn like something uh, on a guitar or drums and you're just like, Oh, that, you know, even on like a smaller level, like, Oh, that clicks. Okay, cool. Like I get that. You could ma- make that and bring that over here. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, yeah. there's, there's just something so deeply innately satisfying to learning a new, learning a new motor skill. Mm-hmm. yeah have you definitely. ever have you ever like uh because i know you need your hands obviously to play guitar has that ever limited your skating for like injury purposes i know a lot of people as adults were like oh we can't get hurt i gotta go to work you're like i gotta play guitar i need my hands and you need your <laughs> you need your feet you gotta play the drums or something like that you know like yeah. is that in the back of your mind too when you're skating definitely um that's a big and you know around that same time when i had my last year at the skate park and then i won windy city riot and then i felt like all right, now is my time. I've, I've taken skating as far as I'm comfortable with taking it, um, as far as I think I could, and now I'm going to put my all into music. At that time, I decided, okay, I need to be more careful with my wrists, and I'm going to be just like the wrist guard guy, and I'm going to constantly wear wrist guards. And I did that for a year and then ended up just going back, I, particularly with my type of skating. Um, I'm never really going that far out of my comfort zone. And I've been doing it for a really long time. So I feel really comfortable. And fortunately, I've never had any serious injury skating. Uh, a lot of that is just down to dumb luck. But I think another big part of it is is through my, my approach to it, which is just stepping outside of 
you know, your, your ability just a little bit and then really learning those base skills so that everything you do is like nice and clean. And, and that's something that I would say to the students when I, when I taught um, skate camp is, is to just, it's a lot cooler to land a simple trick with a ton of style than to just like huck yourself over a fence and hope you land it. <laughs> um, but uh, so that, that is definitely something that I, I keep in mind, but I just keep that in mind with my skating to not just take it too far because I don't really, especially now, like my, my role in skating, if I have a role is, is just to show it off and show it, show that it looks really, really fun <laughs> and not so much that I'm doing something really impressive or really dangerous. So that is something that's on my mind. And I get comments like that all the time when I post a rollerblading clip, it's like, you're going to break your wrists, <laughs> but I just don't skate in a way to where that's a, at least to my mind is a significant enough risk and skating is such a gigantic part of my life and has been forever that my, the, the physical risks of me not skating are so much greater <laughs> than the physical risks of me skating. Like skating is a huge part of what keeps me happy and healthy. So there's, there, there's a, there's a balance there, but yeah, it's definitely something that's, that's on my mind for sure. Wow. That's one of the best things I ever heard anybody say. The physical risks of me not skating are worse. I, 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 oh my God, for that me, is awesome. Absolutely. And, and I, I, around that time that I decided to put my, like all of my time into just music. And I kind of felt like, okay, skating can be something that I did and I can get back to it now and then, but it's not going to be something that I, I, I had maybe a year of like, I'm going to skate like twice a month. And dude, like there's, I, the older I get, I, I just, I, um, I guess I'm on somewhat of a tangent, but like when, when I was young, I felt at some point skating is going to be behind me and I'm just going to move on to other things. And I didn't have the full appreciation of everything that it was doing for me. And I didn't quite realize that until I went away from skating for a little bit. And it was only a little bit. It was maybe a year where I was skating like once a month. And now that I've gotten older, I've realized the value in regularly getting exercise and having fun with your friends. Like there's, there's so much value in being part of a sport that keeps you regularly getting great exercise and having a good time with your friends and not having that, like that, that year, I, I remember talking to uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, just like, man, I'm so, it's so much easier to get me stressed out. It's so much easier to get me anxious and I'm gaining a bunch of weight and I'm like drinking more. Like, why don't I just go back to the skate park? Like, right. um, so it, yeah, for, for me, absolutely. The risks of me not skating to my health are way higher than me potentially, <laughs> potentially breaking my wrists, you know? And, and I'm not out there. Like it, it might be different if I was like seriously competing, um, or doing it as, as a, like as a real full-time job, like if I was on Nitro Circus or something, like then the risks are greater. But like the stuff that I'm doing at the skate park is not, uh, I'm not doing any like crazy drop rails. I'm not dropping any ha any hammers. I'm, I'm doing a lot of 540s and soul grinds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and skating obstacles that I know I can handle. So that's, that's yeah, my whole take on that. Yeah, that's cool. That. That's, a, that's a fair take. Mm -hmm. Um nice. You know, it, it's been cool to see you actually like skating with some of these guys. And speaking of new motor skills, I saw recently you've dropped in on your largest quarter pipe on a skateboard oh, yeah. and, and you've done a kick turn at the end too. So it's cool to see like you're still pushing, you're still developing. Um, 
did that start uh, your introduction to skateboarding start with uh, you hanging out with Jaws and, and teaching him music and that whole thing you guys had? Yeah. So that, that was all, um, th- those are all really, really fun shoots. And I came up with, originally I just came up with the idea of uh, finding someone who is, is part of the, is, is kind of like an ambassador for a really cool corner of the internet and really skilled in a different way. And just getting them in the recording studio and seeing if they could, if I could give them a music lesson and see if we could make music right away. And then at the same time, I would learn their skill. And the first one I did that was with Jonas Neubauer and I had so much fun. He, he's the, uh, he, he's a professional gamer. He won like, he's a, so if, if you're unaware, there's CTWC is the world championship of Tetris and he won seven of them. And so, yeah, so I, I, I brought him in and he showed me how to play Tetris competitively. And then I showed him how to write a song. And it just so happens that Aaron Jaws is a huge fan of Jonas Neubauer too. And so we got, we got in contact and I was like, Oh, I could do this with Jaws. And, and then it was another way to where uh, I could, I could teach him how to play guitar, make some music and he could teach me how to skateboard. And then also maybe I could get him on the rollerblades. And uh, it was just so much Was that fun. part of the plan? Was yeah. that part of the plan the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, totally. And it was originally part of the plan. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, the clips. YouTube board that YouTube sent me. Yeah, he did. <laughs> it, it's it was- yeah, it's so cool to get um like a professional skateboarder on skates, whether they're good or bad, whatever, because anybody who does like hate on skating at all could see that like this guy draws who's destroying it on a skateboard is struggling on rollerblades so it's not really that easy and you would think one translates to the other kind of well but it doesn't necessarily yeah and and he did he did a great job and in the studio too he did an amazing job with the eight string guitar his first day on guitar was on a fan fret eight string guitar like a guitar that even if you play guitar professionally intimidates you and we made some great music and yeah, him getting on skates was so cool. And he like, it's wild to see someone at his skill level struggle that much at the skate park. But yeah, it's, it's a totally different beast. But yeah, that, that was part of the plan. But me and Jaws had an awesome time. <laughs> I, I loved filming with him and uh, I hope I get to film with him again. And, and then uh, that transitioned into Braille, but I guess I'm moving a bit a bit quickly through the stories. But yeah, Jaws is a, is a legend. Love filming with him. Yeah, Love that was that. super cool. Yeah. No, that looked that that looked like fun too, and like he looked like uh, I watched the music thing too. He picked it up pretty quick, and that yeah, that yeah. does seem like a really what was that like? An, is that like I know you play it kind of the nine string or something like crazy? <laughs> was that the was that the big nine or seven or something like that? that? Eight string, yeah, band. Eight, eight okay. Uh huh. And and again, that's like I I would go to like the Nam show for example, which where you're just surrounded by full-time musicians like guitar players who've been professional guitar players for decades and hand them a nine string and they'd be like, no, 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 and, and Jaws just picks it up in one day. It's yeah. Jaws is rad. Much, much, much love to Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. I love the concept, the concept of that of like mixing um, hobbies and everything between skating, skateboarding and music came out super awesome. And that was cool. I was going to ask you whose idea everything was, but I guess you said it was your idea. Um, but it was pretty cool to see like Jaws at the skate park and he's getting like bombarded by kids for skaters for like autographs and shit like that. 
Like, do you ever get that about music? I mean, you got a few million YouTube subscribers. I'm sure the people know you out there. Like, you might not get recognized for skating, but you getting recognized for music at all? Yeah, uh, it's it depends on the context, really. Like, I'm I'm in a I'm in a really fortunate spot, like where my fame is is very manageable. Like, if I go if I go to a guitar center, then then yeah. <laughs> but if oh, I yeah. go to the grocery store it's pretty rare. So I, it's not, I'm definitely not in like a league where like I, where it's a regular thing all the time, but yeah, it definitely does happen. And, and if it's at, like I said, a guitar store, then, then absolutely. But, but yeah, it was cool to see Jaws interact with the kids and that wasn't planned either. Like we chose, that was Wilson skate park in Chicago and we chose to go there at that time because it would be the least busy time so that we could film and he wouldn't get bombarded. But, uh, there just happened to be a, a skate camp of kids there, which was like the best possible scenario. <laughs> it was just so it was just so cute, and uh, he he took time to sign boards and say hi to everybody. It, it was very That's very cool. cool. Yeah, uh, so, I must I must have brought you back to your skate camp days, and you were yeah <laughs> being the being the guy. Do <laughs> it. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say like because we skipped upon that. Like you said, you worked at a skate park and and you taught at the skate camp. Uh, what was that like? Uh, doing that you know working in skating at least in the early days and then working with kids yeah the best possible job i loved it I, and i've actually been talking about it a lot recently too because i've been working with the company on guitar courses and so i'm going back into i talk guitar a little while in person around that same time and um just in all these meetings i have with uh, muzara which is the company i i do my guitar courses with like the skate camp experience comes up all the time. And so that's kind of a, uh, another side note in that it, it also happened to really help my career in that I had this experience, you know, teaching really, really early on. Um, but it was, it was so incredibly rewarding. And I always say to them too, I'm like, man, teaching skating was way easier. Like, <laughs> like one of the biggest, one of the biggest challenges in music is to like stop people from getting frustrated and move too quickly. And in skating, there's this really great thing as a teacher where there's a built-in roadblock because it's scary <laughs> and there's yeah. potential injury that's going to stop you from, you know, going way outside of what you can, um, where your skill level is at. But, but yeah, the, I worked at the Ladoff YMCA in Des Plaines, Illinois. Um, I, I was, like skating to me too was basically that park for the longest time. Like when I was a kid, we started going there and that was like our park. And my entire skating community was pretty much just the people that would go to the Ladoff YMCA. And then when I turned 16, I got a job there. And then I was teaching skate camp every year. So we'd have like, you know, a group of maybe 20 kids and maybe average age like 12 or whatnot and just teach skating and, and just, just give them a really great time in the summer. And, uh, that was extremely rewarding. That's definitely the coolest thing that I've done in skating is, is teach skate camp. But yeah, my whole skating world was a lot of YMCA. And then it wasn't until much later where I just happened to run into someone named Chris McCormick in Chicago. And he told me, you need to go to this competition. And it's like, there's competitions. There's other people that rollerblade. This is cool. Um, and so I started, you know, going to those. And that's when I learned that there was like a whole community around it. And prior to that, it was pretty much just the, Ladoff YMCA, but yeah, that the the skate camp was the coolest possible job <laughs> at the time. Nice, coolest thing I've done in skating. I do I do miss it. Yeah, damn. Well, 
I was gonna say I was surprised that when you said that YMCA was your world, you like literally meant it was like your world. You didn't even know that there was a community outside of the skate park. I find that so hard to grasp because skating is all about like community and people and friends and having other people. And I mean, you're from Chicago; it's a big city. We're from New York. Like it was, you couldn't not connect with people from other boroughs or other parts of like the Northeast and stuff like that. That's just, it blew my mind right there when you told me yeah, that. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know why it never crossed my mind, but there was just like a handful of people that skated at this one particular park. And then I got a job there. And so I'd be there, you know, four or five days a week. And I just didn't, I don't know, I don't know why I didn't. I, I just needed someone to push me in to go to these competitions and these other events. So it was pretty much just me and a few friends just like basically practicing in our own park for years and years and years before we learned that anyone else around here was doing it. And I don't, I don't know why. And we have a great like blading scene around Chicago. We have a great like skate scene around Chicago. We have a ton yep. of amazing skate parks here. And for some reason, I just never <laughs> thought to go to them. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> I needed Chris McCormick to say like, no, I'm coming to your house. I'm picking you up. And we're going to this skate competition, and and that was a really eye opening um, eye opening thing for me. And then I got on fruitboot.com and then started being part of the community, and then it became even more fun. And it was it was kind of cool for a little while because everyone's like, "Who's who's this guy? Like, where has he been this entire time? You know, mm -hmm. just at, at the YMCA." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, we got to shout out Chris McCormick then because Chris McCormick yeah. held it down right there. For real. He's still skating. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris McCormick's still going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. He ran uh, Thursday night skates here in Chicago um, like oh, yeah. the last year. And, and that was like the main way that I went out skating last year because it was every single Thursday we'd be somewhere. And those are really, really fun. I'm looking for those to – now that the weather is getting nice, I'm ready for those to come back. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Do you still keep close and in, in touch with like the Chicago scene and like the guys around? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now I don't skate with without being part of that community. Uh, I I don't know why I was just I just found my one skate park, I guess, and then um, just stayed with that very small group of people up until later. But uh, but yeah, now absolutely. And I'm skating a lot with quad skaters now too. Like quad skating is becoming so popular, and like the community is just so positive and awesome. Yeah. So now it's yeah, it's a mix between like that Chicago rollerblading community and the new quad skating community. And there's, there's a lot of overlap, which I think is really, really cool. So that's yeah, I, I, Yeah, the quad skating community is really sick. It's like, like you said, like such a positive community. And it's cool to see like them bring, like there's a lot of females in the quad community. And it's nice to see like that female energy at the skate park and like that yeah. new positive energy that like hasn't necessarily like gone like through like years of ups and downs and criticism it's just like very positive you know so yeah, it's cool yeah. That, like, yeah. the skate park is a much more sorry i feel like i keep talking over you but you get me talking about no, music okay. and i can't shut up go for it go for it um but but yeah like especially you guys know from when we started skating like late 90s early 2000s skate park wasn't as it wasn't as much of a welcoming place as it is now um yeah and and as you guys know, being rollerbladers around that time, particularly like uh, how much homophobic shit was thrown at us, you know, it's kind of a heavier topic. And the quad community to me now really represents that change in skating culture. And I just fucking love it, you know? And I think that's for most people, especially the people that are new to skating, 
that era that we grew grew up in and that like negative like all all that bullshit is just like ancient history Hmm. you know i can only speak from my you know my perspective not that you know homophobia is totally gone from skating but it's so much less a part of the culture than it was when we started and um that the quad skating community to me is a representation of that and one reason why i feel it's so rad Mm-hmm. that's cool no that makes sense because like the quad community is like heavily like embracing like lgbtq and everything and they're just like just being accepting and inclusive is like a big part of like what they're how they are like all like forms like people and all like uh so yeah it's really it's really cool to see that and that's cool like i, I can see what you're saying like how that represents that um mm-hmm. that's, i'm sure like you said yeah the skate park is way more inclusive than it used to be yeah yeah, you know, and, and I was gonna I was gonna ask you like because you because you've I mean the barrel guys seem really cool and like obviously Jaws seems really cool, but have you had any like uh, of those hostile interactions? Like you say, it's it feels like ancient history, and I think yeah. it is because like I've been feeling that change over the past two three years. But I don't know, maybe in like the earlier times or any time you met people through music and oh I rollerblade, oh this like maybe a slight here or there or or no not at all. <laughs> I feel like it's still so fresh in my mind because I grew up around that time. But at the skate park, at least what I'm experiencing of it, and I can only come to it as, you know, from my experience as a very straight, white-looking dude. So I I don't know what it's like for other people, but it's not where it used to be hyper-prevalent all the time. It's, I would say it's been like a decade since I've been called a homophobic slur at the skate park. Like, it's been a long time. And the only time we're recently, like... I was getting that same type of vibe from telling people I was a, at a rollerblader as if like I'm it's in the music world and I'm around like old school, like rock dudes and like <laughs> really old school. And it's even then it's really rare. Um, but that's the only, it's super, super rare now. So it, to me, and again, from my experience kind of seems like ancient history though. It is still top of mind because it, I well, it's ancient history in that I don't experience it anymore, but I still remember those days very vividly. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it just seems like that's not really around anymore. But yeah, on that note, since you guys, I, like, I've talked to other people that aren't from skating about like that era and that the same thing that we're talking about. Um, and I remember having that conversation with um, Chris McNugget from Braille, who I love, and she was like, "Oh, really? That was like a was it that prevalent? Um, was it was like you would." get called homophobic slurs at the skate park that often like that was a thing and yeah but anyway on that note it felt really great to be on braille with my like lime green skates like pulling around the 540s and it just felt really fucking good yeah yeah i I think this would probably be a good time to to segue into like how you went from definitely skating with jaws to getting over there at braille because uh those guys all seemed like, you know, we saw them skate with uh, like Be Free and, and some of the guys in the Bay and everyone just, like Air Damon was over there and like everyone seemed to have like such a good time. They made a few rollerblading videos. But um, yeah, how did you get into meeting with them and how was how was that interaction? Dude, I, I, I had such a great time skating with the Braille guys. Um, Gabe, Chris in particular that I that I stayed with, like I love those guys. I had so much fun. Um, so that came about from yeah, everything with like filming YouTube videos is like it's just kind of a momentum that one thing always leads to another thing you meet someone and their friend is from here or whatever and in this case I met Jonas Neubauer 
who I reached out to because he was the Tetris champion. And he recently passed away. So rest in peace to Jonas. Love you. And he happened to be friends with Jaws because Jaws was a fan. And so and at the time, I, I actually uh, I had the same idea, but I wanted to have a rollerblader on. And I was going to fly out Montre Livingston, but he couldn't do it because he had he had some other like scheduling conflicts, unfortunately, as cool as it would have been to film with him. And so I met Jaws and he had filmed with Braille. And I'm I don't think I've ever I don't know if Aaron has ever told me that they got in contact with me because of that. Or maybe I just got on their radar because their YouTube subscriptions is going to give them anything that Aaron does. And so then they reached out and I was planning a trip out to California to do stuff with Schechter, my signature model guitars that were coming out and they happened to be in California as well. And so I scheduled that trip and had a great time with them. And they, they film like as a YouTuber, I'm used to filming at just like creating stuff at a pretty insane pace, but we shot for two days and shot seven videos. They film like, crazy there dude like i got there early and then we did the this the game of skate and then it's like okay cool now let's go to the half pipe and we're going to film a video about you going down the half pipe and then once we got that done then we're moving on to another video and then the next day we're at the skate park and then we did four videos there you know like the the way that they film is just breakneck speed they just put out so much content but i had such an amazing time i have so much experience filming youtube videos and to mix that with rollerblading and knowing that it's going on this like really popular skateboard channel was just like some of the most fun filming that I've ever done. It was just a totally different experience. I had a great time. Does that like make you, does that turn any gears in your head after that? Like you have this huge music YouTube channel, you have all these opportunities to do all these cr- crazy things with music. Like what if I had that with rollerblading? Like what would I do in that sense? Does that, did that do anything in your head? Oh my God. I wish, I wish that I could just clone myself and have another like rollerblading career. I I had unlimited time. And I say this with some of my creator friends a lot, like that would be a project I would do if I had unlimited time. Like my music career takes up almost all of my potential energy, but if I could just clone myself and do all of the same things I'm doing on YouTube for rollerblading, oh man, I would love that so much. But uh, I only have enough time to be a part of it a little bit. But I'm getting, I'm becoming more of a part of the rollerblading scene now. And through the, you know, fortunate, through, through the audience that I've built up with music, I have, I have a platform to show it to people, and, and that feels really good. So I feel like my, uh, I, turning, I think realistically, I can have a part in skating, and it's just showing it to pe- showing people how awesome it is and how much fun it is. And that's kind of as far as my role can go. Um, though I do have a t-shirt with Intuition Scape, Scape Shop coming out soon that I'm really excited oh, nice. about. Yeah. And um, I was at the Frankie Morales comp and I'll be at Bleeding Cup. So I want to be, I didn't make it even past the first round, but I'm excited to be a bigger part of, of the rollerblading community and, and uh, th- that I can show it to people through the audience I've built on YouTube feels really good. So that, that's a, a position in skating that I'm proud to be at. Nice. It sounds like you're at a good point in your life and your career right now with both of them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm very very fortunate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it would be cool to do like uh, if in the future there was like a rollerblading documentary or like a big rollerblading movie. You could like you could like score the movie. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be to. cool. Yeah. yeah I have that'd some be super. Named, 
Sorry, I just keep them up. No, go, go. They, I have some songs that are named after rollerblading tricks. Like, oh, really? Uh, yeah, like Lawrence recently used Topsoul in the last <laughs> um, community edit. Or not Topsoul, Torxoul is the song name for the Torxoul community edit that he did. So, yeah, it's been a part of my... I've been trying to sneak it in there. Um, but uh, I think people in Skating just didn't really know. Like, Royale is another song of mine. Um, <laughs> people don't know. <laughs> yeah, but people don't know. It's just a cool name. I know. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about that collaborating. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the Braille stuff too before we move on because, yeah, yeah. like, you represent skating well. I mean, you, Thanks. you, the videos you have all like positive. You, you're skating really well, and you said you went there and you played them in a game of skate, which is really interesting because. I don't think there's ever been a game escape between a rollerblader and a skateboarder because they're obviously <laughs> two different things, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But you did it and you mashed it up the best you could. I don't know whose idea that was. It was awesome. But you won. So you represented You represented very well on like a like a multi-million subscriber, like viewer channel. Um, whose idea? Was that their idea or your idea? Or like, because that was oh, very interesting. Yeah, okay. so they, they have a running series where they do that with um, other sports. And that's part of the fun, right? It's like they'll do a kickflip or whatever. Well, that actually wasn't in the video, but you find some equivalent in I the other that. sport. Yeah, here we go. Oh, man, I still had some of that COVID weight when I shot this. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting ha having to match, like, a skateboarding trick and then being like, hmm, what, what is the closest in rollerblading to relate to that? Mm -hmm. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, that one, oh, I almost fell on that. But yeah, especially when we got into like switch ups, like I got Christmas. Oh, this is maybe the best. <laughs> I put the good ones in this. Yeah, that's, I tried my best. <laughs> you need to tag in Jeff Howard for that one or Chris Farmer. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they could do it. Oh, that was the last trick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, you skate hard, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got guys... there. I'm like, I'm representing rollerblading. Like, I better do a good job. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Some of my other videos. yeah, there's me and Jaws. It, it's, job. it's cool that you did that and you triumphed at the end because it was, it was awesome to see. Like I said, I found that extremely entertaining as well for anybody who's part of rollerblading or skateboarding or whatever it is, just to see them two yeah. side by side like that. It's something that I've never seen before, at least anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the, it, it's so, because we started skating I and mean, I think you guys have been skating a little bit longer than I have. It certainly have been a much bigger part of the community. Um, than, than I have for the longest time. So I, those days of there being a ton of tension between skateboarders and rollerbladers is fresh in our heads. But I feel like we're at a point now in, in skating where just skate culture where that's, for the most part, ancient history. And if some people are still holding on to it, at, like, it's, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like we're done with that now. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really great. I, I, it's not something that I really think about very much at this point it's yeah it's just all love at the skate park yeah you said something before yeah. where i didn't even think about it before but you said one of the skateboarders i guess from braille must be a newer guy didn't even know that skateboarders hated on bladers like i didn't even <laughs> i never grasped that concept either i thought like all skateboarders just like you buy a skateboard the first time like okay now you hate rollerbladers <laughs> like I, I thought everyone just kind of knew that like I, I never thought about that before either and it's interesting to I hear. Mean, it's a yeah, I, I think it also kind of shows our age a little bit, you know, like maybe one yeah. now it started when I was seven. Um, yeah, especially to like you go to the skate park, younger skaters like if they 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 weren't even around for that era. They they didn't even exist. They weren't born. Yeah, they were born. 
like the the time when there was a serious like market competition between rollerblading and skateboarding like the the threat that skateboarders felt about rollerblading taking over the the sport like that is so gone uh, you know like this yeah um so younger skaters like I'll, I'll go to the skate park now and if there are like younger skateboarders or younger kids on scooters or whatever oftentimes the response is whoa i've never seen ro- i didn't know you could do that on rollerblades you have grind plates on roller that's crazy like there's <laughs> they, they just didn't they weren't even around then um but yeah. but yeah chris mcnugget i think uh when we were talking about it i think he just didn't he, I mean, he's been skating for this. He's the same age as I am, so he's been skating for the same amount. So he's he's known okay. that there's. He definitely knows that there was like tension between the two sports at that time, but I, I don't think he knew to the effect of how often, as a rollerblader, you would be reminded of it. You know, which yeah, is like yeah. all the time, and it would be like out outside of uh, even outside of skating. You know, it would be this like bad vibes toward rollerblades, but I feel like just as culturally we're just past that like not even outside of skating just like especially for me it's it's not and you know it's a it's a tricky subject as well and I have to keep reminding that my uh particular view of it is as a straight white male but the what the part of that that always did bother me was the homophobic aspect and that was just something that was so normal when we started skating and it became that like rollerblading was synonymous and like rollerblading was a punchline in a gay joke and i just think culturally overwhelmingly not that it's still around but like we've just moved so far past that well this is this is a tricky subject here because i I don't want to say that homophobia is gone but it's not culturally prevalent as it was so like the same joke of like saying rollerblading is gay and that being a bad thing like that being a derogatory term is just like feels like it like that's not a regular thing anymore and overwhelmingly like that's not uh this is a hard thing to talk about you guys um <laughs> totally no totally and 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 and, and i don't want to put you on the spot in any way but i think i, I know what you're saying yeah. if i could if, if i could try to take some of the heat off you I think um, it's generally like um, there's been progress made. It's not, it's, it's not, yeah. it's, there's, there's still problems and there's still progress that needs to, to be made, but it's, it's come a long way in society in terms of like being able to say derogatory terms toward gay people openly or mm-hmm. to use, uh, you know, homophobic terminology in a way to describe uh, a, a person in, in whichever way. So I think, I think that, there's been more awareness, more people are waking up to and being aware of those things. Is it over? Uh, t- to your point, absolutely not. There's still yeah. progress to be made, but but yeah, I, I, I think mm-hmm. I, no. As a culture, we've we've made steps in in what seems to be the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah, yeah. So so there's much more like like where it's funny that we get onto to this because I think outside of rollerblading, people don't really think about this very much. Um, right. <laughs> the than we did, it's still like, it's it's still something fresh in our memory. Um, but now there's this odd like, th- this is this is just a strange thing that happened to me recently, where I was at the skate park and clearly someone hadn't seen rollerblading in a little while, and their first they went back to their like 
this was actually kind of a while ago. Um, and they, they went back to their first like gut reaction to like me on rollerblades. And they were like, they said something like, oh, rollerblading, that's so gay. And then, wait, oh, that's not cool anymore. Forget mm-hmm. I said that. <laughs> like, like that's kind yeah. of a, a different, I don't know. I, I think the, the, the regular things that were, the regular negativity and bullshit that was thrown onto rollerblading is just as a culture in general, we've kind of decided like is, is definitely not cool. Um, and it's like, it's, I think it's fucking, it's always been fucking rad to be a rollerblader, but more right. so than ever to the general, like, I think like me posting rollerblading clips, it's like overwhelmingly people that are seeing is like, yeah, that's fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think yeah. I, it's it's pure now it's like we had almost like a fresh start again because people forgot about it so now people are actually seeing it and without the hate in the back of their mind they're like oh wait that is cool so it's like it is kind of like a second chance for us to for mm-hmm. the public to see it again with new eyes and have a new perspective on it yeah i feel like rollerblading is in a really really good spot right now like that's kind of been an ongoing thing and you know for rollerbladers and sometimes just jokingly be like this is the year the rollerblading is coming back you know <laughs> yeah. like- we've been saying that for 20 years yeah Yeah, it's like a constant trope um but i feel like right now rollerblading is in a really really good spot like i feel like the it's it's just in a really really positive spot like i've i'm enjoying rollerblading more now than maybe i ever have Mm -hmm. maybe and i've always really loved it it just seems like i don't know the rollerblading um both skating culture uh, the skate park in general, rollerblading as a sport, is just in a really, really good spot right now. And it's just really trending up in a really positive way. And it's just, a, it's a really, really great time to be a rollerblader right now. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. I think it's a really cool time to be a rollerblader. Like, just, uh, I think uh, multiple factors, you know, uh, COVID uh, lockdowns yeah. was a big factor, getting people back involved. And, and just like the momentum of all like these these things happening, YouTube channels kind of popping up. I think, you know, even people like you, like who have like doing something else and then like like mixing rollerblading in it and making it like acceptable in this way is like are, those are like huge steps. And I think it's yeah. I agree. I think it is in like a really good and healthy place right now. It's uh, it's exciting to see uh, where things are going. And, it, and it's cool, like a lot to like to see like the things like on your, you know, I know we've talked about it a couple of times already, but to see like you interacting with skateboards on big YouTube channels and like with pro skateboarders and skateboard channels with huge followings. And it's just like, wow, you know, that's, that's exciting. It's hopeful. Like, you know, and uh, I think as a community, we've been cynical uh, after some years of criticism. Yeah. I I think we're still holding on to that a little bit because at that time it hurt, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like, like when I was talking to the people from Braille or, or Jaws, like it didn't seem like that was on their mind at all. It, it just, it didn't, but maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's, we're just trying to make a cool video and it, it was, I, I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. But yeah. It, it seems like, at least from my perspective, which is a very warped perspective, it seems <laughs> like it's true to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think, I think even though you 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 have this opportunity to do things on like uh, the YouTube channel with like, with these guys, you're still having like a normal perspective when you go to the skate park by yourself or just go to like the local or interacting. Uh, and I think even in those, in those settings, I've seen such a huge difference over like the past two yeah. years. It's like, just like, even like the, you know, I think generally, generally over the past, like, you know, eight, seven, six, but the past 
three, two years specifically, it's been like people like, oh, that's really cool, man. Like going at it like the way to compliment you. And it's like, yeah. This is this is weird. Yeah, I, 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 I don't I don't know how to take that, but okay, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially your skating, dude. Like, how can anyone see you skate and not not be excited about it? You're Billy O'Neill. Come on. Uh, I, I was thanks, gonna say, man, but yeah, you know, was, sometimes they, they just see the skates and that's it. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Like oh, a lot, you. a lot of people are like their skating has matured as well as their, their personalities and themselves. So their skating looks better. And when you go, no matter what you're doing, if you have a scooter, skateboard, bike, roller skates, rollerblades, if you go to the park or wherever and you kill it on whatever you're doing, you have to like kind of respect that. If I saw someone on a unicycle doing double backflips on the quarter pipe, I'm like, damn, that's crazy. If I see somebody, you know, a parkour guy flipping, doing double kongs on shit, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. So like, no matter what it is, if you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do. And people should just respect that anyway. It doesn't matter what you have on your feet or whatever it is. Totally, totally. And I feel I feel that way at the skate park now more than ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, it's a mix of people like us who've been doing it for a long time, just having matured and then the new generation just having a much a, a different perspective on it and a much more positive uh perspective on it and and that's been something too that's been really cool in the last few years is seeing new people at the skate park that are brand new and then i i like go right back into that camp counselor mode where like <laughs> i try to not be too excited and like come off as uh i don't know a little strange but like it's really cool to see new skaters and and help them out with those like basic skills and it's just so much fun like that's kind of my natural habitat at the skate park is going right back if, if there's people there who are like trying to learn something and hopefully i can help them out mm-hmm. yeah definitely no, like no, no go ahead no i was gonna say definitely like when someone just shows you like a little something that helps you like bridge a gap that makes it make sense and you can go like and have fun with it because it goes such a long way with whether it's like oh like you're having a problem doing this grind this is how you do it and, and then it clicks and it's like oh or like I remember when like I was like trying to first me bringing a music thing because like I'd been playing drums for a long time on and off. But like when I went from like playing snare drum in school and then trying to apply it to the, the drum kit and like how do you how do you make this work together? And then having someone just be like, no, it's it's less like do this. And I'm like, oh, OK. And then just having things click and then you being able to take that and run with it. So like being able to like give someone the joy of like whatever it is, skating or music or just showing them something that they can take and run with it and like find the joy. And yeah, that's super rewarding. Extremely mm-hmm. rewarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Especially if you've been doing it a long time, like, like you said, uh, um, like, if it, like when you were playing snare drum and you went on to kit and we're like, Oh, I got to use my feet now. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if you, if you're fortunate enough to be able to talk to someone who's been around for a while and is enthusiastic to teach you, you can learn those skills so much quicker. And, um, yeah, it's it's just, it's just an extremely rewarding thing all around. Um, and it's a lot of what I've been doing recently too in my music career and, um, doing a lot of guitar lesson content and, and, uh, building up some more stuff with that company I was talking about and, yeah, that's that's I'm kind of finding that that's a big part of my role as a musician and as a rollerblader is being somewhat of a teacher. Mm-hmm. Have that's you cool. have you noticed any of your millions of followers that any of them hit you up like, yo, I got like skates because of you. I, yeah. I like so people have like bought yeah. skates because oh, that's awesome to hear. I was yep. curious if that was actually a thing or not. There's so many of them out there. Like someone's got to be buying skates, watching you skate. 
Yeah, what, I see it on Instagram like fairly, fairly regularly. I'm like, yeah, welcome to skating. You're gonna love it. You know, nice. sick. Mm-hmm. I did on that note. I did a video um, not too long ago where I gave away a lot of instruments in different ways, and one of them, the last one that I did, was I went back to Wilson Skate Park, just the parking lot, and I just had a sign that was like, "Learn to soul grind, and you get this guitar. I'll teach oh, you how to do it." So, something like that. And um, this guy, Renee, happened to be there, and I gave him a pair of aggressive skates, and in the video, I taught him how to soul grind. He got the soul grind, got the guitar, and he's, like, part of the community now. Like, I see him at the oh, skate that's park. Sick. And he can soul grind, like, like, he's got it down now. Like, it's, that was pretty cool. That's maybe the most extreme example of that. But yeah, shout out to Renee. He's getting really good on skates. Um, oh, honestly, I, I, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. That is such a brilliant idea for like marketing rollerblading, like be like learn to soul grind and offer something. So like it's yeah. a challenge to those who can't be like, oh, like I want to learn this. And then like in the process of learning it, like you're learning to respect rollerblading and then also like, wow, there's so much to this. That's a that's that's a cool one, man. I might take that from you and do something with yeah, it. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It helps if you got a lot of guitars to give away too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was gonna say let's. I was gonna say let's go to the parking lot, be like hundred bucks, whoever hits this ledge yeah. real quick, and just watch people busting their asses and or finally lacing it, whatever it is. That'd be funny either yeah. way. And and for me too, it was like a sneaky way. That that video is called uh, I think just giving away my instruments or something like that. It came out like a few months ago. And for me, it was a sneaky way of having this. You, this YouTube video that's very YouTube-y and I think will get a good amount of track traction because um, people want to see people win instruments and, and do these musical challenges to win instruments or whatnot. And now I've snuck in. Everyone that's watched that video now knows the steps to learn how to soul grind. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really cool. Snuck it in there. It's a uh, how-to super video. Cool. Put a little how-to at the end. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, because part of it is he has to learn how to soul grind to get the guitar. So in the video, we go through the steps for him to learn how to soul grind. And you, you're there for his journey, which is really entertaining. But also, like, you're learning the basics on how to soul grind. So that was uh, – I, I was proud of that one. That, that was a good uh, rollerblading integration into my YouTube channel. That's that's one way to do it. That's really cool. That's- Did you- did you give him the skates afterwards? Uh, no, no, I didn't. So he had to go buy some. <laughs> no, so he, but he ended up buying some. Yeah, yeah. That's so, cool. but no, I didn't give him the skates. But I did give him a a, a really nice like <laughs> a really nice like shredder Floyd Rose guitar. Which actually, the bridge on that thing is like it's hard for me to set up. So that's a weird guitar to start with. But, uh, but oh, yeah, he, did, he didn't play guitar either. No, no. And oh. <laughs> yeah, and he gave the what? guitar to his wife. His wife wanted to start playing guitar. So. Oh wow! Yeah, and it okay. was a nice. It's like a fourteen hundred dollar guitar or something. It's really nice. Damn. Damn. Though, though, with the Floyd Rose on it, dude. Like, I don't know if. I mean, you both of you guys have stringed instruments behind you, so yeah. maybe roses. <laughs> Floyd roses are amazing bridge systems, but they are really tough to set up. And if you're new, I wouldn't recommend starting on a floyd rose so sorry renee <laughs> <laughs> got Dang. it i have not heard of a floyd rose i gotta look into it now and i gotta go check out this video like directly after this podcast because i want to see yeah, this guy no, uh, yeah yeah that's cool do you like have like a lot well first of all um 
in a bit, we're going to get into some questions later. We have some more que- from the audience and people watching live. Still have some more questions for you, but got to shout out our sponsor for this episode. Mm-hmm. For this, I can't speak. Shout out mm-hmm. for this episode, Blank. Uh, shout out to Blank. Uh, checked out the Sean Keen Pro Model Skate out now. And if you're watching us live, if you're watching us in any other way, hit the like button. It is helpful for us. Uh, Rob doesn't have to do that anymore because his table, his channel is huge, but we're still telling him to hit the like button, baby. Oh, no. So the, I, I never did the like button in particular, okay. but that's another thing that YouTubers do. Not yeah, because I have some strategy, but I, I do all, almost always say subscribe at the end. Um, okay. Cool. You don't tell him to smash that like button? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't. And I don't know to what effect that has on the algorithm anymore, but it probably does. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with it. Let's go with it. It's not going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. I'm I not th- judging it's not going to hurt. It makes sense that it works. More people that like the video, more people want to see it. YouTube would push yeah. it more, right? Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's more engaging. I yeah, think it's probably exactly. what the YouTube system now is so much better than it used to be. So like, um, not that it doesn't help, but in the really, really early days, stuff like that would have a gigantic input because the algorithm only had so much information to go on, but it's so much more advanced now that it's, uh, now more than ever on YouTube, it's way more about making videos that people want to watch and want to watch for a long time mm-hmm. than it used to be. Um, a lot of those other metrics, like if you could, like YouTubers would get people to comment so that there would be more comments and that would bring it up in the algorithm. But, but now it's, the system's a lot more advanced. So those things definitely do help, but it's not as big as it used to be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know on this tangent. You guys, <laughs> you guys have me on here talking about the three things that I can't shut up about. <laughs> Why? They're all three good topics though. And topics that we're all interested in, so it's okay. I'm surprised you didn't have your gold play button in the background. That should always be. You should hang that shit on your. You should hang that shit on your neck like a flavor flav chain. <laughs> yeah, that makes sure I look like a real ass. <laughs> if we ever, if Jump Street ever gets a, a gold play button, mm-hmm. we're making gold play button Jump Street shirts. <laughs> we're gonna rock that. I was shit. about to. I was about to say, do you have like a bunch of cool like uh, YouTube things from like? Maybe like the early days in YouTube as like one of the OG guys, like 500,000, 1 million subscriber type cool things. Yeah, I have the first generation um, 100,000 plaque for my main channel. And then I have I have the second generation of the 100,000 plaque and million plaque for my second channel and the other ones. So I have those around. And I was at the, the VidCon meeting, or not meeting, like presentation where they announced that they were going to start doing that. And I, I remember being in that room like, oh, this is really cool that they're actually going to give you like a, like a plaque, like a, like a platinum record for hitting a million subscribers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have those. I have a few YouTube stuff from the early days, but uh, they don't that's send cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, I guess I, I got it in the other room though. It's been on the walls for a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I have, I have three of the, the plaques. For my main and second channel. Damn, three A plaques. You gotta get that. What's the next one? The diamond? The ten? Yeah. Ten million. Yeah. yeah, the ten million would be the next one, but it took me fifteen years to get to two million. So <laughs> scale that up to ten. I might be waiting a little while. So we'll see. Well, like you said, it it it, it, dub- it doubles every year. I don't know if that's that brings that still goes like that, but. The first million, the first million is the hardest. That's right what yeah, they say. The <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah, first, the first thousand. thousand is the hardest. Yeah, and then once you have some momentum, it uh, 
it's it's kind of like do, social media or YouTube is is all about wealth. I mean, it's a very general topic, but a lot of it is just about momentum. So once you get the ball rolling, then then it's kind of uh, can be exponential growth. But even then, I I don't see myself ever getting that ten million diamond button. But I would love to be proven wrong. You know. <laughs> well, if 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 that's the if that's the case in a scenario, like collaborating helps with you know, growing your audience and stuff like that. Are there other people you would like wish to collaborate with that you haven't done yet? Uh, oh, I mean, I'm doing it right now. You are doing it right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is... We're little guys, but still, I guess this oh, is no, still no, fun. No, I mean, not rollerblading. This is Jump Street Podcast. I was really <laughs> nervous cool. to get on here. Yeah. <laughs> still really nervous. Um, no, nah, you're doing great, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I I always get a little bit nervous on on streams or anything anything live, um, particularly uh, if I'm broadcasting to the rollerblading community. I want to make sure I do a good job. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people I would like to collaborate with. Though so my kind of the people at the top of my list now that I've been doing it for a while that I that I want to work with, I've now worked with quite a bit. Like the top of my list, I think would be Andrew Huang. Like we've been making, and we've been making stuff since like 2009, but I, he's my favorite musician on YouTube and we work together a lot. So he would be the top of my list, but we've been making videos for a long time together. I, I don't know if there's a, um, one that comes to mind. I was really excited to get on this weekend blade. Which <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. I saw you posted yeah. that too. That was really cool. Oh yeah. That was so, so cool. So it's, that was really that was really exciting. There, there's no YouTube creators that come to mind um, uh, right off the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, I was going to ask you a pretty straightforward and basic question. In terms of, you know, because I've seen like your range with music, you go go a lot of different places, but there, sometimes you go to like this really metal place too. So I was wondering like as, as far as like early days, like who were your influences? And I guess we could do both skating and music, like where, yeah. where did the early influences lie? Early influences. I think my early days of skating, I would just wanted to be Benny Minton. Like hmm. that was That's a good I choice. Skate. Maybe he was my biggest influence. And then locally, my favorite skater was John Snyder. Um, I think meeting John Snyder is the most like celebrity shock I've ever had. And you know, maybe even even in rollerblading, like if you're not around. J B Snyder. J it's J B Schneider, right? John Same guy. Snyder. Yeah, okay. no, John Snyder. So I think even like, unless you're from around Chicago, I don't think you would know John Snyder. But in the time that I came up, he like he was my favorite skater. And at some point, he invited me to like go to a skate park with him. And that was maybe the most starstruck I've ever been. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of different, uh, I mean, a lot of different influences in skating. Benny Minton would be the most would maybe be the top of that list when I was a kid. Then in music, it's it's a mix of like, again, there's so many to mention, but local hardcore bands, a lot of metal, um, too many, to, yeah, too many to mention. If I had to pick, that, like my musical style is like kind of a mix of like Midwest emo, American football, never meant, open tunings, sparkly guitar tones, <laughs> death metal, um, <laughs> like Metallica, if I had to pick one as, as a kid, that was like my favorite metal band. And then Primus would be the, overall the biggest. Like finding Primus, specifically their music videos, 
was what made me want to be a full-time musician. So that's my easy answer for that is Primus would be my biggest influence for sure. Less learned her. And then skating was kind of all over the place. Um, and right now, locally, I would, I would love to be able to skate a bit more like Cedric, Cedric Tippett. Um, I don't know. There's, there's too many to mention. I guess. Primus, I could see that, like, especially seeing how you went to like uh, slapping the bass yeah. and not being a heavy early influence. That, that, that makes sense. Primus bass and uh, was pretty impressive, to say the least. And like super weird and out there. And as a 12 year old, yeah. it just blew my mind. And it was specifically their music videos that I was interested in. Like there's, there's songs too, definitely. And like live performance as well. But to me, what was so exciting was the music video. Like I wanted to be, I, I wanted to be a musician so that I could get a record deal and get an album so that I could have a single so that I could record a music video. Like a music video was the end goal. It wasn't recording live. It, it wasn't recording albums necessarily. Um, it, recording music was kind of a part of making a music video almost. Like that was my ultimate goal, really. Like I was most interested in making video around music. So when YouTube started becoming a thing pretty shortly after that, it was just like perfect timing. And and so I just really went all into that and trying to mix those mixed video and music together. Um, was really where, where, where my, what I was most passionate about and what I found most exciting creatively. And, and that, that puts me in a, a different spot with like a lot of musicians that I meet that are full-time YouTubers, they kind of, uh, it, it, there's a pretty regular sentiment around it where it's like, I want to be a full-time musician. I love music. I've worked my ass off to be a great musician. And because the best way to do it is on YouTube, I ended up landing a job as a full-time video editor. Like, mm. how did I get here? You know, like this isn't really what I want to be doing, but it's the way to facilitate me being a musician. But to me, like being a YouTube musician is the end goal. You know, like I want to make, I'm here to make videos. Like that's what I'm most excited about. I'm not here to play live or necessarily. That's not, that's not what I'm most passionate about. Um, so, and I think that did stem from finding that Primus DVD early on and, and just really wanting to mold video and music together. So I'm, I'm right where I want to be in that. Um, and then in skating, I think, uh, yeah, at this point, maybe Cedric Tippett would be because I do skate with him. Maybe he's my biggest influence. Um, yeah, I guess that would be my long winded answer. I, again, there's like, these things are, are all, uh, all these topics I could talk about forever. And I'm kind of talking about both of them all three at once. <laughs> now now it's three topics <laughs> yeah yeah you, yeah video or youtube music and rollerblading is like my entire life yeah i'm surprised you didn't like because you your early music influences were like more metal but you had like vinnie yeah. mitten as like an influence in skating which was like more of like a hip-hop-y kind of guy i'm surprised you didn't yeah. say like carlos pianowski or someone like that it's like mm -hmm. a such a dynamic choice of of influences yeah, it's kind of all over the place. I just love Vinnie Minton's style. Like he made everything look so he made everything look easy. Like it, like water. It just, everything was so smooth and it was so contrary to like a lot of the like other skating I was seeing around where it's kind of like I don't know, not as smooth but you're doing a really really huge trick and Vinnie Minton was able to do gigantic huge tricks and these 
and these crazy switch ups, but he just made it look so easy. And that to me was, was really, really inspiring. And I wanted to be able to do that. And, uh, I've never got anywhere near, but I've been trying for a long time, um, to get to that level of steez. Um, but yeah, I, on that note too, if, if we're mixing metal and rollerblading, Derek Henderson is also one of my favorite skaters ever. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Good choice. Yeah. One of my favorite skaters ever for sure. Derek. I've never got the chance to meet him, but uh, maybe I'll meet him at Blading Cup. Yeah, I was about to say Spring Cup. You'll meet him. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sick. We we kind of touched on this one topic before, and I uh, just wanted to see if you had any more thoughts on it. But about like skating videos using your music in it, or vice versa, you scoring soundtracks for music or skate videos or something like that. Have you ever made any music specifically for skate videos? Has anyone asked you to make a music for their skate video of some sort? No, um, I've, I've had like like recently, you know, Lawrence from Fifty Fifty, I believe it was called a community edit, where he asked his community to like, you know, do a, post a clip with this trick. He used Torque Soul um, because I have a song named Torque Soul, but that's really the only time that that has come about. I. I've never really, I found it hard to mix the two uh, other than the, um, the seven string plus looping pedal video that I did, for example, where it's like part of the performance that's all in one day to also add skating. And so in that way, I feel like that song was, was kind of made to accompany skating because the loop continues to go while we're, you know, going through our whole routine, but not really, not really. No, I, I would love to. Um, but it's just never really come about probably not doing anything new just cause like scoring takes so much time and if i was going to do that i would want it to be something really special and i'm just completely swamped just keeping the youtube channel um uploads going so if oh derek henderson actually did reach out and wanted a metal song for like one of his edits and i was like yeah of course <laughs> but it turned out that he needed something a bit slower paced that would match it. i think that's something that's kind of hard with um like in that case where like metal music is really really fast paced yeah. And often like a slower tempo song makes a lot more sense in a skate edit usually. Um, at least that's, that's kind of what I found, or at least in that project, that's, that's what he found is like, we need a slower song or else we're going to have so many cuts that we're never going to see the product that we're at. <laughs> that makes sense. That does make yeah. sense. Yeah. You, you know, um, before we open, open it up for questions, we're going to open it up in questions uh, for questions in just a sec. But uh, I wanted to go off your last, uh, what you were saying before about like playing on YouTube and being a YouTube musician. Uh, when you were young, I, I'm sure this, this may be common knowledge to your to YouTube audience, but did you ever get into doing bands? Did you have like band projects oh, when yeah. like you were getting started and, and uh, any, anything, like how was that experience? Uh, I, yeah, so I love being in bands. I loved touring. I was in a metal band throughout high school. We were called Gas Mask Catalog. One of my songs is, is named after the band. Um, and I was in a few other ones. Then then once YouTube started really working out, I toured with Hank Green and the Perfect Strangers and Driftless Pony Club, which are all um, comprised of other YouTubers and musicians. And, and I was fortunate enough to go on three tours with Hank Green and the Perfect Strangers and the rest. But within the band, I'm always on drums. All of those bands, I was on drums. And to me, the live, the live experience of playing a show is just best as the drummer. Like I've done quite a few. Yep, uh, that's a fact. Yeah. 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 You would, you would that's agree. A fact. 
Oh, um, especially if you're playing an amplified drum kit in the venue, like you hit that kick drum. If there's a mic on that kick, if there's, it's just like, yes, let's go. It's so sick. Yeah, like you're yeah. vibrating the entire building. And there's mm-hmm. something so like, so awesome about that. Like when I, when I played with Hank Green and the Perfect Strangers, that was also with uh, Andrew Huang and Paul and Joe to George and Hank Green. And the first show we ever did was in an arena. And, oh. and before that, like the biggest show I had ever played was maybe for like 20 people. <laughs> and I, and so we get on we get in this arena show and I get behind the kit and like uh, you hit the snare or you hit everything the yeah, yeah and thousands of people feel it in their chest Oof. and and just playing with your friends in a band live is just so much fun it's such an amazing experience but with me like me, as a musician I'm over, overwhelmingly you know a guitar player and that same role of playing guitar in a band is something that you know I, I do enjoy but it's not it's not the same as playing drums <laughs> like and i don't like being the center of attention in a room if i'm being totally honest like when i yeah played solo shows like that was something i would get nervous every show and it would be something i'd have to push myself through and, and once i actually got on stage or got or right when i got off stage it would it'd be a different experience but that same like nervousness and tension never really went away and it wasn't always in an exciting way too like it's just a lot of nerves and being on drums and supporting the band and not being the lead vocalist that everyone's looking at is uh is a place that i'm a lot more comfortable with so yeah i've been in quite a few bands i've toured the u.s um on three like actual actual tours um mostly with hank green and the perfect strangers and i would open up as a solo artist and so i've had the the touring experience which is uh definitely a dream come true and was amazing but for me touring like i could i could never be a full-time touring musician it's just not i have so much respect for the musicians that do that and are out on the road for nine months a year but it's not a lifestyle that i can do it's absolutely not for me um it's not the career that i want and for me touring is like i did three tours and it's kind of like a bucket list thing like skydiving like cool i did it that was amazing i'm gonna remember yeah. this for the rest of my life but i i don't want to skydive nine months out of the year for my whole career you know yeah totally <laughs> touring is really rough like it's amazing but i don't have the energy for it um but and and i meet other people that are like professional touring musicians like paul and joe to george that are from that band they are like they're made to be touring musicians or like I've, I've been fortunate enough to film with Corey Taylor a few times and like just hanging out with Corey Taylor. Like it's clear that the stage is his natural habitat. Like, he's yeah. like he needs, he needs to be in front of thousands of people and he, there's just this like passion for it. But I just don't have that. Like for me making music or being creative is, is like, I, I like being able to just totally focus on something for a week and then put out the video and then never play that song again and just move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And I like sleeping in my own bed every night and I just don't have the energy to tour, man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's rough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I envy you cause I, I, my bucket list, one of my bucket list things is to play on a drum kit on like 
an arena or some sort of venue where it's all amplified. I, there could be nobody there. I don't care. It could be like a sound <laughs> sound check. I'm fine with the sound check. Just jamming out for a minute. But that's like one of my bucket list things to find out that you played at an arena. That's that's awesome. I even have a, a rolling kit in my attic and I set it to the arena setting sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it just go boom, boom. Uh-huh. If I want to be like a John Bonham or when the levee breaks or something like that, you put it to arena and you get that echo, that <laughs> reverb. It sounds so sick. So I envy um, you for that. <laughs> it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, I've been extremely fortunate with that. Thanks to Hank for wanting me to be his drummer. Uh, yeah, it, it's an amazing experience. But the the touring lifestyle to me, if I was as passionate about performing live as I am about video, then I would definitely go through with it. But like touring is like, you know how much moving sucks? Like, <laughs> like you move your entire house. When you tour, you do that every single day. That's As true. a drummer, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that stinks being a drummer like that. You're just always moving everything and setting it up, making it. Uh, yeah, it's tough. And you, get, and you get sick. And it's like other people can handle it. And for me, if I had, like, ideally for me, if I toured like two months, or not two months, like two weeks out of the year, I would love it. But the lifestyle of always being on the road and essentially moving Every single day, like getting up early, putting your entire life into a suitcase, bringing all your equipment, driving for six hours, getting to the venue, like going through sound check or setting up and going through sound check as soon as you get there. And then the doors opening and then you have to find food. And hopefully the venue like got your food order in your rider. Um, and then you eat while the first band is playing and then you play the show and then you get back to the hotel at 1 a.m. And then you do it again for nine months. Like, uh, it's, well, that's kind of an extreme example, but, uh, that was every day on tour. And I just don't, it, it's not that I am, of course, not above it. I just literally, I don't have the energy for it. I'm not built for it. After two weeks, I am like, I can't, I can't do that every day. I, it's um, taxing. It's extremely taxing. And I get sick. Like every tour I get sick. And if you get sick, you just... Like you can't, you can't call in sick to that job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's amazing. And I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm not saying that like touring is, is bad. They're like some of the, like touring, those three tours are like some of the greatest experiences of my life and hanging out with that entire crew that was part of those tours are like some of my best friends, but it's, it's just that I literally can't do it. It's like, if I was trying to be a pro skater, but like, I can't skate handrails. Like I just can't do it. I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not capable of doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not strong enough or, or uh, strong willed enough to be able to make it happen. But yeah. I, I have had those experiences and they're, they're amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, your pat your, yeah. Like you said, your passion isn't there to your passions in videos. If your passion for videos was the same, you'd, you'd probably mm-hmm. be out there doing whatever you had to do, but your passion is in a different place and you had the experience and I completely agree that like, uh, I mean, at least for me, well, because like I have a history playing drums and, a, a, and like whatever, I just feel comfortable sitting back behind hiding behind the drum set while people stand up front, looking at everyone to get all the attention and, the, and, you know, drummy just hiding back there strong, but silent. It's nice. I like totally. that. It's a good, yeah, it's a perfect uh, place for me on stage. And I, I go nuts on stage, like behind the kit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, I feel a lot more comfortable doing. Also with the drums, dude. Like, 
it, on stage, I want to like move around and, and enjoy myself. And I mean, not that you can't do it on guitar, but like I, I want to, on the guitar, like the frets are just so close together, man. Like, this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like here, here's a right note and then here's a wrong note. Like, it's just, yeah. Uh, and on I, a drum, you got this thing right here. It, 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 it might not be like a perfect rim shot or a perfect, but yeah. you know, you can you make that little mistake. And sometimes you could, you could feel it a lot depending on the, on the kind of music and style, but you generally got something this big to hit, you know, a oh, symbol. Yeah, it's like exactly. this big, you hit a symbol, bang, all the way down. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice. You can do it with yeah. your eyes closed and move around. And yeah. same thing, like, you don't need to worry about what key the song is in. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, being on the drums for me in a band is just like the, the, to in in my opinion for my personality being the drummer on stage is absolutely the best position in the band to be so much fun i i do miss being like i really miss being on stage with that band i don't miss moving every day but if i could just like teleport and like just be on stage for that hour and then teleport back home oh man i would love touring but uh being being sick in the back of a van for months. I mean, you're still with your friends, and it's awesome. But that's like um, the majority of time that you spend touring is is uh, being sick in a van. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like fun in this day and age. Yeah, you I don't mean, want to be. It was. All of them were. It's it's just exhausting, is what I'm saying. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. It's a young man's game. <laughs> I yep. feel like yeah. in your yep. 20s and shit, that gets fine. I guess you know. Yeah, unless you're Lemmy or so, or something, R.I.P. Yeah, know? Lemmy. Le- <laughs> Lemmy was just built for it, and there's people that are obviously just like built to go. Well, they don't know anything else it. at that point. They've been doing it their entire lives, so like it's just part of yeah. their life. That's just what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I do. I do miss a lot of parts of it, though. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a bucket list thing. Oh, I'm sure I'll go on tour again, and and I'll love it. But right now, it's it's all about video, especially you know, during COVID now, it's like touring is a, there's touring is already so hard and like logistically, yeah. and then you add COVID on top of it. And it's like, well, you know, it becomes impossible. Not attractive at all. Yeah. You definitely don't want to be sick in a van for nine <laughs> months with COVID going on. <laughs> Everyone takes their own car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This tour is getting expensive. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're going to open up for questions now. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Um, if anyone has any super chat questions, we prioritize our super chat questions. We'll read them out after we get to our Patreon questions first. Um, we have three Patreon questions here. First one is from Sheen604, who says, who are some metal musicians that you would want to collaborate with? Right now, the top of my list is Alex Webster. He's the, he's the bassist from Cannibal Corpse because I'm, I'm working on a video right now um, where I... I interview and get like a short lesson from a lot of people that are famous for going fast. And I've interviewed Michelangelo Badio. I just did something with, he's an insane guitar shredder. And I talked to Tom Grosset, who has the um, world record, single stroke rec, uh, record on snare drum. And and I just need, I, I, I need a bass player to fulfill the whole band and I think Alex Webster would be top of that list for sure because he's famous for that crazy fast three finger, you know, movement is and is one of the you know top death metal death metal bassists or just death metal musicians in general. So that that, that was 
top of mind because I'm doing that video right now. Alex Webster. Hmm. Cool. That's that, that that's cool. I didn't know. Uh, I I thought like um Mangini had the 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 single stroke uh high speed thing but maybe he, he got beat but i that know was it was like, like a while that was like ago. 20 years ago yeah 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 I'm, that was a while ago. i'm showing yeah. my gray hairs i know okay, i gotta stop <laughs> i was thinking the same thing too but that that video even like on youtube is like from 2005 and it was old then probably you know that's cool I'm, no, I'm pretty cool. sure tom grossett has the current guinness world record for the fastest uh single stroke in you know fast most snare drum hits single stroke on a, a snare in a minute Mm-hmm. Um, it's so yeah, crazy to watch those things it's just like with a little yeah, mechanism yeah. on the side yeah. too to count this the hits yep. yeah. <laughs> he, he just happened to be in chicago and we we had done some collab collaborations a long long time ago so it would just kind of seem like a no-brainer and then after doing that interview with him because i was like you got to teach me how to do this and then of course the video is going to end with me trying to do all of it to make one song and it's going to sound fucking terrible <laughs> um, and uh so after doing that i kind of came up with that um, that video concept and then Herman Lee from Dragon Force happened to be in town and Michelangelo video was there. He was voted, um, number one fastest guitar shredder of all time, uh, like by guitar one magazine or something. So it just, just happened to all fall and they all happened to be in Chicago around the same time. And, and so, uh, now I have the whole band except for bass. So, and the first metal bass player that comes to mind for me is Alex Webster. Cool. Uh, second Patreon question we have from Sir Aldelega, who asked like 15 questions, but I'm going to only ask one of them. He says, uh, any insight or suggestions for blading to improve their visibility or exposure on YouTube and anywhere else? Should all blade videos have shocked face thumbnail pics or clickbait titles? <laughs> I, I hope not. I, I feel like that era of YouTube thumbnail is, is coming to an end. I, I think, and this is not even what he's asking, but I feel that like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that is, that's, that's so played out now, and it's it's something where it really worked before because it would stand out in a sea of other thumbnails. But then when everyone is doing it, it's like, yeah. so no, I don't think so. I think that's a that's an era of YouTube that I think that was a, a way to get ahead, and you know, props to the people who were doing that because that's what works. And uh, thumbnails are a tricky thing, but. I, I wouldn't say that that's the thing to do now. I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of like really cool blading channels, like the one we're on right now. Um, that's doing a really great job with it. Uh, I, I don't know. I think if we just have more creators around blading and we as a community support those creators, I, I think that we'll figure out th- those creators will figure out the format that works best. I can't on the top of my head say what that would be. But if you want to take any of my video ideas and just, reform them to rollerblading go for it <laughs> maybe we got to try something like that mm-hmm. i i man i wish that i had the i wish that i had the time to to do that um but i'm gonna be trying my best but i think we need there's a lot of great youtube i i think getting rollerblading on youtube is probably the best thing for us to get get the sport out to people and i think we have some really great creators and i think if we just support them and support other ones that come up that are doing something interesting, I think we'll find it. I don't know what it is now, but, but I think, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity there and, and I think we'll see people seizing it soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. YouTube is like, we, we used to strive to be have rollerblading on TV again, but like YouTube in 2020 is TV now pretty much like, 
Yeah. I don't know what the statistics are, but I, I know like a lot of older people watch regular TV now compared to YouTube is all younger people, which is where you would want to be. You don't need like senior citizens watching CNN and stuff. They don't give a shit about rollerblading. It's all on YouTube now. <laughs> yeah, so. I think YouTube is definitely definitely the, the place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just we just need uh, to continue supporting the creators here. And we, and we have some great ones. It's been really like something that's been really exciting about rollerblading in the last few years is seeing a lot more of it on YouTube. Like there's a lot more um, creators dedicating channels to rollerblading. And I think pretty soon we'll see a lot more that are even doing it full time. And uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I don't have an answer, but I think, I think another, another creator will find those answers soon. Mm-hmm. We're all here. We're all here along for the ride. We're trying to figure this shit out yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be trying my best. So uh, we, we got to share these ideas, whatever it is to help us all yeah. grow. Um, our yeah. last Patreon question is from Shupostikud. What a name. Uh, what was the Pink Floyd thing with Nostalgia <laughs> Critic all about? It really hurt my brain. I tried yeah, really. watching this and I didn't understand it either. But I oh, must That's so weird that that like comes up. Out of all the things that I've ever made, like somehow <laughs> that one ended up in this like YouTube. Like the critic side of YouTube is can be a pretty toxic place, which seems kind of like part of the course right because it's like if you have like a super dedicated audience that want to watch someone critique something it would make sense that they're uh i don't know super critical mm-hmm. but uh yeah my my wife um is on channel awesome and then Corey taylor was in town and then i was with them at the studio and doug was like hey would you like to do the backing track for this album i'm doing with Corey? we're doing this like silly review of Pink Floyd's The Wall. I was like, oh, I would love to revisit Pink Floyd's The Wall. And I could go on to, like, I bet I could go online and just, like, get the MIDI files and then, like, record the guitar solos. Like, it's a pretty interesting thing to, like, learn how those guitar solos were done. I put together pretty quickly. And it's just weird how often I hear about it. But uh, it's like, um, I don't know. I think if you've been on YouTube for that long, like, you're going to have, uh, I don't know, you're going to have certain things in that that career where it's like you spend a little bit of time on it and then it's like this i i got to like record with Corey taylor like that was pretty rad i i thought that my tracks and i'm pretty proud of the tracks on it like i think the music in it is pretty sweet and uh i don't know that there's a lot of it's a touchy subject because there's like a lot of uh, that again that like critic side of the the internet of whatever can, can be really can be uh pretty negative by design i guess and and i just happened to dip my toes in it for a little while and be like I'm going to go back to like uh, just doing stuff that doesn't critique anything ever. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess someone finally got me to talk about it. <laughs> I guess it was bound to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, I think like, dude, like I, some of that music on there, like especially with the time that I put into it, I, I, thought, I thought I did a good job. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, we're not critiquing anything. Um <laughs> We're going to move on to our Super Chat question for everyone watching live right now. And like we always do with every episode, we split our Super Chats with our guests and prioritize our Super Chat questions. So first question from Super Chatter comes from Tree Tree Rudolph, who, first of all, yeah, uh, 
I think he meant to do eleven thirty one and he messed it up and he he donated thirteen dollars and eleven cents. <laughs> but he says uh, any content creation tips that would well, we kind of touched on this. Any content creation tips uh, you would recommend for skaters to increase their reach? Always fun skating and chatting with you, and your vids are super binge worthy. I guess we kind of just spoke about this. Anything else you want to add to it? Well, first off, he's an incredible skater, and he has like he has a style all of his own. It's like he's doing a totally different sport. If yeah. you're not familiar, um, I'm sure you guys are. Uh, ooh, this again. This is like a really tough one because there's so much to being a YouTube creator, and like I could go to my stand. Like when I talk to other people that are like getting really getting into being YouTubers, my one of my um, pieces of advice that I always say is like the second you can have someone else edit your videos, like <laughs> someone else edit your videos, like if you can find someone to split that work up, like you can just make way more stuff, but that's even more on a logistic side. Um, right now it's just, ah, oh, this is just, it's just a tough one. I think if you're just regularly, if you're just committing to regularly putting out stuff, like you're going to, you're going to find it eventually. Like YouTube is a lot of throwing a bunch of spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. And eventually you'll find a niche on the internet that, that you're rewarding. Um, and they will support what you're doing. I don't know if that necessarily makes sense. And, and then just like collaboration. I don't know. I don't know. This is a tough one. This is not something that I can say in a, in a quick thing other than just continue to make stuff at a regular basis and you will find that that part of the internet that is looking for that content and eventually youtube will serve it up to them if you're making it often enough mm -hmm. um and, and maybe another way if i if i go on another thing um another way that you can start and start building an audience early is find um a community that you're a part of and that you understand and I guess this is what I was arguing, but that they're not being served, you know, like, and, and when I started, that was a lot easier because it was just like, if I'm making videos for guitar, like guitar players, there isn't an infinite, this early days, as long as you were doing that, then that's a community that's looking for stuff to watch, but it's not there. Um, and that's it for rollerblading right now. Uh, I don't know this, this one, I, I would need a whole hour on this one, but <laughs> The quick answer is just continue to make stuff regularly and you will find, you will find that out. Just be consistent is, is the biggest, biggest thing. Yeah. You know, like no one, everyone I know that has grown a YouTube channel to the point where it's their job, have a story of like, yeah, I, I dedicated one year to posting twice a week on my channel and I didn't know what I was doing and I just had to come up with two things a week. And then after, and then one year I had 30 subscribers and then I just kept going. And then after two years, it started to work. Like that's kind of how this goes and what you end up stumbling on after those hundred videos or whatever is, is uh, not something that I'd be able to answer here. Mm -hmm. So there is no right answer, I guess. Cause otherwise everybody would have figured it out by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it is. I mean, collaboration is huge. If you can find, uh, again, I, I could talk about this forever, but like, if you can find other creators that already have an audience and then if you can find a way to help them, then you can like, if you can find a way to collaborate, that's mutually beneficial. Like, like when I started growing my channel, one of the biggest ways that I did that is 
I reached out to like everyone that had a popular YouTube channel in 2008. Like if you had a popular YouTube channel in 2008, you heard from me. <laughs> and I would come home from school and just send out, I would spend 45 minutes every day after school sending out emails. And I did this for like months. And my pitch was, this was around the time when YouTube started having a copyright system. So you couldn't use copywritten music in your videos. And that was new. So I went to all these top creators and I said, I'll make music for your channel. I'll make you a theme song. Or if you need backing music, I'll make it for you. Just shout out my channel in some way. And that's all I'm asking. And that's how I met a lot of those people that I was talking about earlier, like Andrew Wong, for example. Um, I met him through Jory Karen, who had a show called, is it a good idea to microwave this? And he, I just told them, I'll, instead of you guys getting copyright claims for this, this music, I'll just make the music for you. And then, so Jory used a lot of my music in his videos cause he needed music and shouted me out. And that's, that's one way that I started growing the channel. So if you can find a way to collaborate and offer a, a actual like real value to those people that you're collaborating with, like, then they can share that audience with you. But that's, that's even just like, that's one place to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's still a good answer. Hope that helped tree tree. Yeah. Oh, thanks helped. for the support. Um, next super chat question is from Sean Michelson who says, what up, Rob? A couple of questions for you. One top five personal favorite Chicago bladers Two, what skate video has your favorite soundtrack. Keep killing it, brother. <laughs> thanks. Um, so it was my top five, top five from Chicago and then, uh, favorite skate video soundtracks. Putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> Yandrael in no particular order. Yandrael or Yandy, as we all call him here. Um, Cedric, Cedric Tippett, John Snyder, though he hasn't been in Chicago for a long time, but, um, maybe that's it i don't know <laughs> i don't know there's a lot of great skaters here um I'll, I'll just keep it to top three and i think this the like 2001 solomon video would just be the one video i had on vhs and i listened to a bajillion times so i would have to say that one um, was that focused uh it was the one where they went on tour yeah, and I think then, that was focused. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I think it was, it was 2001, I believe. And uh, yeah, it must have been. It was when they went on tour and a lot of the shots were like yeah. in an arena and they yeah. were skating like really like basic ramps in this huge arena. And then someone tried a fish brain stall and then fell off the end. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then um, Bercy. I mean, Paris. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So that one. Uh, cool. That's a... Uh, I think Dave Payne made that one, right? Didn't Dave Payne make yep. Focus? So mm -hmm. it makes sense because Dave Payne, as Colin Kalso says, he made the soundtrack to all our childhoods. Yeah. <laughs> he he knows he knows a thing or two about music, so he was definitely good at that. That was, that was a yeah. good choice oh, right there. Oh, you know what? I think this was a different video, but I think my favorite musical moment that just pops into mind, I, it might have been like VG, well, I don't know, one of the video groups, there's this this like skate battle between Mike Murda Johnson Oh yeah, I can't think of the other skaters. VG sixteen, Dustin Halloran and Mike Murda. Murda Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and there's there's a like a battle of two DJs at the same time that they're battling skating, and when one DJ is on, one yep. skater's on, vice versa. That's like the 
that the coolest musical moment in a skate video because it's integrated so well in the like old school ones that I would watch. Yeah. That is a good choice. We, cool. we spoke with Dave Payne about that too. He actually mentioned that on the show. We talked about it and everything. And that I agree with you. That is, is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, good choice. Um, next super chat question is from Joe Smith who says, what's your favorite trick and favorite local park? Always loved your skating and hope we get to skate soon. Right on, Joe. Yeah, he's, he's another guy from Chicago. Shout out to Chicago. What's up, Joe? Uh, I would say um, favorite trick is definitely 540. It's it's just the perfect trick, and it's uh, comical how often I post 540s on Instagram. It's like, it's like, according to Instagram, it's like half of my vocab, but it's just the one where, like, I know that I can get it clean every time, and, and uh, my... Uh, my standard for clips is not like if I do a 540 in a different shirt, it's like, okay, cool. I got another thing to post. <laughs> um, so 540 definitely is my favorite trick and favorite local park. It's not around anymore, but the Ladoff YMCA, I'm going to have to say, because that was my home park. That's where I work. That's where I taught skate camp. It was my favorite park ever by a landslide. And unfortunately it's not around anymore. I was recently torn down, but that would be my favorite park for sure. Mm. Maybe I'll just go back and stand in the parking lot. <laughs> Maybe we'll skate there soon then, Joe. <laughs> um, next Super Chat question from Tim Gack, who asks, when are we making one day five, Rob? <laughs> what does that mean? Timmy worked at uh, the YMCA as well. So remember when you were you looked at my oldest videos and there was yeah. the one day of skating? Uh, Timmy was the other skater in that. Uh, and we made four of them and we never made five. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day of skating five is coming out soon. We're waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, 12 years in the making. <laughs> um, our last super chat question for now, uh, Eric Kastner who asks any chance of getting Andrew, how do you say his name? Wong, Wong yeah. on rollerblades, one of the steeziest humans and a squeaky cuff might make an interesting snare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A- Andrew's famous for making songs out of, out of instruments that are not instruments. Uh, and so I'm sure he could take a pair of rollerblades and turn it into a symphony. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I I know that I'll, he, he recently had a daughter, Evelyn, and uh, we've been talking about me and Andrew and Essa, his wife, um, about getting her on rollerblades once she's old enough, me teaching her how to skate. So that's a, a definite um, yes. And so I imagine then I could get Andrew on some skates. I've brought it up to him a few times, and he's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to hurt myself. But uh, Andrew, Andrew, if you ever want to skate, man, I'm here. So hopefully. He'd be in good hands. You're a teacher. You've taught skating for so many years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he's, he'll, he'd be fine. Um, but, yeah, I would love to hear. I actually had an idea the long, long time ago. Um, it's just a terrible pun to do a video called Rock and Roll or Blade. And it would be like a whole song made just out of rollerblading sounds. And if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. So yeah, maybe that would be the time. That'd be really cool and really interesting. You could definitely get a lot of sounds out of skates. Yeah, yeah. I, I On one of my really, really early albums, I had a, a song where all the percussion was made from rollerblading sounds. Like the snare was like the, the, the sound of... Uh, grinding a rail and then there was like you know the sounds of the wheels or whatever um but i just did a terrible job with it so i don't think <laughs> i don't think anyone remembers it. it wasn't very good 
That'd be sick. <laughs> I I, I want to see that now. I'd be curious about that. That's that's old, 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 like high school, high school stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, Billy, do you do you have any uh, regular questions? Do you want? Yes, I have a few regular questions here. Yandreo uh, Silverio, shout out, yeah. or affectionately known as Yandi or Yandy. Yandy. In, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yandy. There's a lot of different names. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Yandreel says, uh, "What is one trick and spot combo you've always wanted to do in the Chicago area?" Mm, one trick and spot combo. I mean, I'm like, I'm all skate park all the time, so like, I'm not necessarily. What well, would be a good spot? Um, I I want to go back uh, to Thirteen Kinks and Soul Grind that at some point. I know that's really simple, but. I used to bike past it all the time and just daydream about 13 kinks is like by the beach near downtown Chicago. And it's, it's a kinked rail that doesn't actually have 13 kinks. So I don't know why that's why it's called that. I think it has like five, but, um, still pretty big. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of kinks. Yeah. That's like five more than I'm used to. And <laughs> I, I just want to, cause I go past it all the time. I just want to soul grind 13 kinks at some point. So I think that would be a trick and spot combo that I would like to do. And then there's that other handrail that was part of the, like one of the recent Windy City riots that's right next to it. If I can, if I can get the, uh, if I can get the courage to just top soul that or something, I would feel really good. But yeah, just soul grind at 13 kinks would be the first one that comes to mind. Cool. Cool. Um, we have a question. A controversial question from Jack Nickel. Dare I ask, flat or anti-rocker, and what's your current oh. setup? Oh, my God. I recently, I've, I've been going through a revelation in my skating uh, as of just the last year. I, I was always either freestyle or anti-rocker since, I mean, ever, you know? And um, I remember having, like, the, specifically, like, the, 50-50 core balance frames, the freestyle frames. I had those for years to the point where I, <laughs> I I got down to the core. I was telling Lawrence this for 50-50. <laughs> it's like, dude, I'm such a fan. Like, I had the freestyle frames, and I wore them down to the aluminum core. <laughs> so I had to get new frames. Um, but recently, because I loved the way that they looked, I got the Mary... Mary Munwa. I'm so sorry, Mary, if I'm saying your name wrong. Yeah. Um, Munoz. 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 Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Mary. The Mary Munoz USDs. I just love the way that they looked. And I was like, I would really like to try this flat setup. And now that I've got those and I've gotten used to riding flat, dude, I can't go back. Mm -hmm. Like, and especially with those frames on the Aeons, like the wheel bite is like almost never something I need to worry about. And I, I've just really fallen in love with riding flat now. And I recently got, um, cause Lawrence from 5050 sent me the new balance frames in a, um, an anti-rocker setup. And I was like, cool, I'm going back to what I'm used to. M12s, like the majority of my skating is on like anti-rocker setup on M12s, whether that be like an actual M12 or, or back when it was Volo. And I got some clips in them, love the frames, but I just can't go back to anti-rocker now. Like, I'm just all flat. And yeah, so flat setup now for me, for sure, which is wild because <laughs> I've 
me because my entire like to me aggressive rollerblading is an anti-rocker freestyle setup it's two wheels on the ground on both feet and that's just like always how i saw it and that was part of like what differentiated this style of skating from like more recreational skating but now that i'm riding flat i've, I've seen the light <laughs> wow. and i can't go back so that's flat, real yeah that's real once you go flat you can't go back <laughs> that, yeah. that's what i hear that's what i hear are, are you are you still anti-rocker then Billy I'm still I'm still I'm skating. skating I know you're going. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm still I'm still I skated uh flat for a little while. Kyle Sola sent me some metal frames, and he said if I was going to skate them, I had to skate them flat. So <laughs> I was skating flat on those for a while, um, and then I went back to anti just because it feels like comfortable. But I I do like skating flat. Uh, John Bellino has been like making fun of me recently, saying I I need to skate flat again. So I, yeah. I'm going to do it again, like just to prove it to him that I can do it. And then I'm going to go back to anti maybe, but hopefully I'll be able to go back because like I, I've heard from so many, once you go flat, it, it is hard to go back. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so I've we'll ever see. seen you skate flat ever in the 20, whatever years I've known you. I don't think I've ever seen maybe? you skate. Yeah. Physics video. Just, just saying. Oh, just saying. physics video. Just saying. Just saying. Physics With physics frames. Yeah. You had yeah, it right. Frames. You have to. There's no anti in yeah. that. That's like against no the law. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was like the one time I had to. Huh? I love my physics frames. So good. Yeah. I have a pair, a brand new pair under my bed. Whoa. Yeah, they're incredible. How, but how like, you want for them? <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to think because like you got to do some – it's probably pretty easy, but you got to do some drilling to get them in because the, the holes don't line up with the skates nowadays. So really? it's – Yeah, it's strange. But they're UFS though, right? Maybe they're maybe they're a small frame. I got they're not they're not lining up to my skates at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, I gotta I, I gotta relook at it. I gotta take another peek. Yeah. But I was I was like, oh, I'm gonna put these on and, sh and shock the world. And I was like, damn, they don't line up. Oh man, what am I gonna do? So. Also, I feel like physics. You probably can't get any bigger than like a 55 or 56 in there back in the day. You 57 know I mean? is the max. Oh, 57 is the max. I'm surprised yeah. actually. 57 with all the rocker arms and stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be tight with the 57. Like 57, if you roll down a hill, like start at the top of a hill and just roll down, yeah. then, you, then you're going. But it's like right there, you know? It's even hard to find a 57 <laughs> nowadays. I feel like every wheel is 58 and up for the most yeah. part. I mean, I'm sure there's like 55s and stuff out there, but it's not yeah, nowhere near as common as it used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to get the, I used to get like 60s back when I worked at the skate park. And just because I wanted to have the longest life and I would put them in my skates, and when and usually when I would get new wheels, they wouldn't roll. Yeah. And so I would have to like just just end just up just keep like, on. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, just keep riding, and then eventually yeah. they start to turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just run on them. Just run. Just run down yeah, the block. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. And but yeah. then I got a little bit more life out of my wheels because I was skating so much there, and like a new pair of wheels was you know one full day of work when you're working minimum wage. So like. Oh yeah. I would do it just seemed like you get more wheel for your money um, <laughs> <laughs> so I never really had a preference it was just like the longer I can get them and then whenever they decord I would get new ones but yeah I loved physics frames I wish that those would if those would come back I would love to get them but yeah they nailed it that that was good yeah I, I well had, like, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I was, I was no like, say it yeah when physics frames came out man I what I should have done was buy like 10 pairs 
if I like just save up the money and then same with like I loved Volo lights. Those aren't around anymore. I wish I bought like ten pairs of Volo lights when those were available. Um, I yeah, I miss those those two. Um, but uh, I think I th- I think if you really want some physics frames, yeah. I, I might out. be able to send you in the right direction. There's, I, I think they're, I, out, they're out there. I know someone that's holding. Yeah. So really, yeah. yeah I'll, shoot, I'll shoot you a DM after, after the show. <laughs> oh yeah, I would love. Ding! I got the inside. Yeah. Like, what you, you don't want to say who it is on the on the podcast? No, like <laughs> probably secret. not the best. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably not the best. Maybe dude. we're not thinking of the same person then. I yeah, know. I, I got to yeah. get the right like key and go to the right dungeon and put in the right like. I gotta go to through like an Indiana Jones thing to get to the secret physics frames. We'll take like, you to a exactly. speakeasy in the city. It's like Indiana Jones, <laughs> but you pick up with a guitar and you gotta like play the right lick, and then like the door opens <laughs> and stuff like that. And then do one perfect soul grind to know that they like you're really in for the right reason. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's the, it's the test of skill and then the test of heart right there. And it's like, what can you? That's perfect. <laughs> you get access to the secret physics frames, but yeah, I'm I'm there. I'm there for it. Definitely. Well, uh, Rob. I gotta say, it's been awesome chatting with you throughout this uh, this pro- this process, and it's cool like watching your videos and seeing everything you're doing, and it's cool to see how you're integrating everything. And uh, the blading community is uh, lucky to have you, man. It's really cool to yeah. see a lot of the things that you're doing, and um, I look forward to seeing like your music videos are super entertaining too. So I look forward to seeing what you come up with next. But um, before we let you go, do you have any uh, shout outs? Um, words of wisdom parting words for the for the rollerblading community or whoever may be watching right now i i guess i just want to say thanks for letting me be a part of the community uh particularly and specifically the chicago rollerblading scene or just skating scene in general i love all of you thanks for letting me boot goof with all you guys um i guess that's it just uh yeah thanks for having me this has been really really cool i appreciate it guys Oh yeah. Thanks for coming on. This has been awesome. We had a great chat. It's nice to have another skater and musician on the show too. It was pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, it was great having you on everyone. Thank you for watching live. Please check out jumpsups.com, our new supplement line. Check it out. You got the bottles with you, Billy. Oh, there we go. I should have had some with me too as well. (laughs) Shake it. Um, I can already hear the inflation going down on my knees. There awesome. you go. There you go. Um, thank you to Blank for sponsoring this episode. Everyone check out Blank Rolling Products. And we'll see you all in the next one. Peace, everybody. Appreciate y'all. Later. Later, Rob.